combat time! Welcome to episode two of Combat Time, our new Mortal Kombat podcast. I'm Josh. And I'm Jay. And I'm Yasin. And today we're going to talk about the new Mortal Kombat 2021 and our hype for it. Uh, This is our special episode just for that. And of course, next episode, hopefully we all have seen it by then. Uh, So we're going to have back-to-back new Mortal Kombat. Should be a lot of fun. Before we get into it, though, uh, I wanted to say, Jay... uh, Last episode, we were having that argument about whether or not Liu Kang did the backflip in Mortal Kombat 95. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. Uh, I had thought about it after we finished the episode, and I didn't even bother telling you about it uh, since we spoke afterwards, but uh, I realized that, oh, wait, Liu Kang does do a backflip, like a flash kick. I told you. It's not in 95, though. It's an Annihilation. Oh, wow. So, oh, God. Remember? Oh, yeah. no. <laughs> no. That's how he finishes off Shao Kahn. <laughs> That's true. Oh, man. So I'm trying to think, like, I think what I was confused about, or, like, obviously, I think the last time we saw Mortal Kombat before we watched it recently, is that we watched it, I think, as a double feature, or at least we watched, like, Annihilation. I feel like uh, we watch it once a month at this rate. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, but No, we need to watch it again before the movie comes out. Jesus Christ, again? We still need to. No, to... no, no. I mean, I mean, annihilation. Oh yeah, yeah. I thought you were talking ninety-five. Not yeah, that I'm I'd complaining. Be, yeah. No, yeah, we I'd need be... to watch it. We need to show. Yeah. I'd be down for that just because, like, annihilation is just uh, that's a that's a movie, and I can't say it's good, but I can say it's you know it's fun in places to watch. So I could totally be down for that. And it was going to be a lot better uh, and a lot bigger, as uh, we'll find out as we kind of go through. Uh, what led us up to now anticipating 2021, the big, long, dead years between Annihilation and now, which is, gosh, Annihilation was 97. That's a hell of a long time. That's 24 years. My goodness. And and there have been a couple of, like, resurgences of Mortal Kombat movie coming up. And, I mean, there's a lot of this stuff out there. There was supposed to be a third Mortal Kombat movie uh, as part of, like, Robin Shu's contract. Uh, He was originally contracted for three. Obviously, the third one did not come out because Annihilation was just, you know, unfortunately hot Sucked. garbage at the box office. <laughs> and we, like, what? Like, we've talked about in the past, not on this show, but just, you know, just on the, basically just as friends wherever. We've talked about Rebirth, so that's been a thing. And then they've done, like, a Mortal Kombat, uh, I guess, like, pilot TV series at, for, like, various things. There was one for Mortal Kombat 10 as a TV show, which, which we really recently good, discovered. To Josh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's been, it's been an interesting like sort of journey when you look at it about the buildup to this new movie coming out and just this overall anticipation, just kind of over the years. And there's been a lot going on, like from, you know, like the original studio being transferred over to nether realms uh, or it became nether realms. Josh, you may know more about, so correct me if I'm wrong on anything, but that's been uh, like a thing. And then just recasting it, trying to find the right director for it. Like, Obviously, the fact that this new movie is going to be rated R is a great sign, you know, for Mortal Kombat fans. Because I mean, hey, we want our fatalities. We don't. Want, we definitely don't want no PG thirteen. Even though the ninety five you know, movie, I, I didn't PG-13. mind the PG thirteen movies uh, and the TV show. It didn't even like compute to me until like years ago. Well, like, I mean, a few years ago, I was like, oh yeah, like 
that is a PG thirteen movie. I mean, to like it computed for me. Like I remember when it first came, when ninety five first came out, and my sister and my brother in law were like, "Oh man, I bet you're excited. Going to be a lot of heads flying and stuff." And I'm like, "No, actually, it's PG thirteen. And they're like, "What? This is Mortal Kombat?" And I'm like, "It's the nineties." <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, Even in the nineties, like... I was saying it was the nineties. <laughs> Do you want to? Do we want to like kind of go through it a little bit? Yeah, because like... I, I was going to cut in and say it's just it's it's kind of interesting how much stuff uh, almost happened between Annihilation and now that it's kind of it makes you show just like what a battle it's been to get to this point, and also how much of a lightning in a bottle the first movie actually was. Yeah, because I mean they they had like like we said like there was a three film contract I think with some of at least some of the cast members we know for sure it was probably robin shu um but then after you know the success of the first movie they immediately greenlit the second one they, i mean it took only two years before the second one came out and they rushed into they, that too because uh one thing that was a fallout from that is that paul anderson decided he would want to remain involved with any you know franchises that he's responsible for which is why even though he didn't direct Resident Evil 2 and 3, he still kind of was a guiding force. Like, he wrote them uh, and oversaw them. And right. that was a lesson he learned because he just flat out wasn't involved in Annihilation because he was working on Event Horizon. And I think he kind of regretted that when he saw what a hot mess <laughs> Annihilation was. Oh, yeah. Even though it was supposed to have, like, a bigger budget. Right. Initially. And I actually but, don't know the, the exact figures. Uh, it might have actually had a bigger budget, but it just looks awful. Because Mortal Kombat was a cheap movie, I believe, too. I think the most expensive thing is Christopher Lambert. Was it more expensive than the Goro puppet? Uh, that probably was really expensive, too. But, like, obviously the CG was still kind of meh. And they got to go some fantastic locations. They had really nice locations. And they still that... use those for Annihilation, by the way. They still went to Thailand. I mean, most of it's in studio with really awful sets, but they did do. They were in Thailand at the ending, like the same location as the first one, and I think the beginning really? too. Yeah. Wait. When the, when they wake up and everything's okay, and Jackson Sonya oh. high five. That's literally right. Thailand. Oh, okay. I thought you meant like the final battle. Like no, that's like, that's some lot probably. <laughs> that, that could be anywhere because it was at night, so you can't really tell. That could. Technically, be a set if we, for all we knew. Yeah. Well, I mean, definitely Mortal Kombat '95 was very, very big on its sets. But honestly, like after we after we watched it very recently, that's one of the charms for me. I love the sets in Mortal Kombat. Well, yeah, uh, we were fun. commenting on the ship set, and like you could see the curtains with the stars painted on them. But I thought it was charming. Yeah, but when you're watching it on VHS, it you don't, don't notice. You it. can't tell that it's a uh, curtains with stars on them. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't tell. I was like. It's like, they're really on a boat! <laughs> <laughs> like, that's the thing you would be impressed about as a kid. And not that that's Raiden just thing. showed up and electrocuted Sub-Zero and Scorpion. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, man. The wonders of technology these days. You know, back in, like, in 95 in a theater, they didn't have all this 4K, 1080p thing going on, HD. So, obviously, Ooh. now, we can just see more of what was actually there. So, it's just... Wait, but isn't film, like, technically... Even back then, it was still high, like, 4K, 8K, whatever. I mean, yeah, if you see it on the in the theaters, like, properly, uh, you know, than a fresh film reel. Yeah, the part the part that's, like, you know, that's been upgrading is, like, home releases. Right. But, like, film is still, like, 
the highest level, right? Yeah, uh, but I mean, yeah, but I mean, yeah. like thir- but like thirteen, fourteen year old me in the theater at the time was not looking for things like that. I mean, if you're like, oh, a, nobody knew. Yeah, like if like yeah, like if if you watch it, I bet if I bet if you watch Mortal Kombat in a theater today, like let's just say like a theater just plays it for fun, you pro- like even though you probably know it, it's probably a lot more. Uh, you can probably see that stuff a lot more clearly now, even if they're using, say, like a non-HD copy of the of the movie. Let's True, just say they use a yeah. VHS copy for some reason. I, you could probably still see it pretty well. But like you that time we saw the now. screening of Godzilla versus a Sea Monster, and they used a freaking DVD. Yeah, really? on a theater yeah. screen. Yeah, they yeah. did that. It was awful. We walked out. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty bad. <laughs> Oof. But um, but also, I guess just speaking of some of the things that we talked about earlier about like you know like the Goro puppet and then just the wonders of uh, like of technology, man, that new trailer though, like I I was uh, you guys heard me, I thought that the Goro CGI looked good when I first saw the trailer. You guys told me I was wrong, and now <laughs> I agree with you that I was wrong because the more I watch that trailer in anticipation for this episode, I'm like, yeah, that that CG is not looking too terribly. Let, let's uh, just get it great. out of the way before we go in depth in, into everything. What do we all think? How excited are we? I'm pretty excited, but admittedly, I'm pretty hyped. I my reaction to the trailer at first was kind of a meh because there were things I didn't like, and one of them was the CGI Goro when he was revealed. But I mean. You knew he was going to be CGI. I was not expecting a puppet or anything. Nah. Uh, how, is... However, in the TV spots that have since been released, I'm kind of warming up to him because they had that really cool where all four of his hands, one by one, like clasp at the edge of the door, just boom, 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 boom. Yeah. And he comes out and he looks kind of regal. And there's that one shot of Cole jumping at him and going to hit his arm that makes me think like even though it's fighting a CG character, it might be a cool fight. I hope so. I hope so, I hope too. so um, too. I mean, we'll get into we'll get into more later about like talking about the cast and stuff. But I'm really interested to see what like Lewis Tan, who's played Cole, is going to do in this movie. Who I've discovered um, uh, was in that uh, almost uh, aired MKX TV show, as we saw, which I, we'll probably talk about a little bit. Too. Yeah. Has yeah. that? Ha, what has that actor done besides this movie? Because I haven't researched him a lot. Okay, so I mean, this is jumping ahead, but uh, Lewis Tan, uh, which I. From what I've seen, and like I think I've seen a little bit written about him, he's his father was also like a stunt coordinator, and like he was big in the action world as well. Um, he was in that show, Holy Into shit. the Badlands. I just looked up who what he's been in, and I, it blows my mind what he uh, who he was. Yeah, so he was in Into the Badlands, which is a show that I love. Um, he was uh, Shatterstar in yes. Deadpool 2. That's why I said holy shit. I'm like, oh, he's Shatterstar. Yeah. Um, he was also in a show called Wu Assassins, which is a show that was with the guy who leads the raid, uh, Iko Weiss, uh, which is also getting apparently a movie sequel now that they're, that they're starting to film. Hmm. So that's pretty cool. Uh, yeah, he's, he's pretty awesome. I, I'm really looking forward to see what he does in this movie. Like, I know a lot of people are pissed off about, like, why put an original character when Mortal Kombat literally has 60-plus characters. But uh, I think I'm, you remember me telling you, I kind of like his look. He yeah. looks charming enough, and he might be kind of, you know, even though in the trailer he literally says nothing. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't say anything until the TV spots, yeah. Yeah, and his, his, his line in the TV spots is like, what, who's first? Kind of like <laughs> Danny Glover in Predator too. <laughs> Uh, but and, uh, and he looks a little different in the. I first liked him when they showed the the teaser posters on the Twitter and all that, 
uh, and that one Entertainment Weekly uh, just shot of him like fighting in the in the mixed martial arts ring. But yeah. when it showed the trailers, he looked slightly different. Like, oh, his face is a little more thinner than I remember, like in the like preview images. But he still looks he looks like he might be a likable hero. It just depends on how well he portrays it and how well his story, whatever it is, is written. I will say, like from what I've seen of him, he's a he's a pretty charming actor. So I think I, hopefully that comes across in this movie because he's going to be carrying a lot of it. I think. Well, he's going to be carrying quite a bit of it. The uh, if you've seen the new TV spots, um, obviously we see Scorpion and Sub Zero facing off, but there's a shot in the new TV spots of Sub Zero in that same setting, like the frozen uh, gym of Sub Zero attacking him with like an ice ball. Right, and okay. he blocks it because he's got these weird blades on his arms. Now that's a new thing. Yeah, because yeah. like, I haven't I haven't seen too many things that uh, that Lewis Tan has been in, so I don't know like how good of an actor he actually is. But considering that he's the protagonist, I mean, I guess someone out there saw enough in him. Um, but I have not seen Into the Badlands to really kind of judge him, though I did hear about that show. I clipped around a little bit, and that uh, the footage that's been uh, floating around of like the the raw MKX TV show footage where he plays uh, Kung Jin. Uh, for a second, I thought he was like supposed to be Kenshi or something because he's uh-huh. not dressed at all like Kung Jin. But uh, he, I didn't watch the whole scene because honestly, it was just a little boring. But he, I don't know how to word it. He he had some uh, bravado. He he had charm. Okay. Like he seemed like I, I'd be okay with him being a protagonist of that like TV show if I were watching it. Right. I mean, they definitely need to like recast Bo Right Show. Uh, yeah, I didn't realize that was supposed <laughs> to be Bo Right Show until I actually went back and watched the rest of the scene. I'm like, why? <laughs> he doesn't even look like him. Like, even if you white face him, but you like at least make him. He doesn't even look like him. Yeah, Bo Right Show is like a heavy set dude. Yeah, that's just I don't know what the hell they were thinking it's, there. Yeah, that was no wonder it didn't go anywhere. Yeah. Right. Yeah, um, got it. Let's 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 uh, travel back to talk about you know right. The I, rumored Mortal Kombat three. I wanted to jump into how like big Annihilation was supposed to be first. Okay. Uh, I mean, there because I won't spend too long on that because uh, the main thing I remember is like the Shiva fight was supposed to be this big Ray Harryhausen tribute where she was going to get blades and all of her forearms and fight both Liu Kang and Raiden. And just like a lot of evidence, like they were really imagining it being this big epic thing, which I mentioned in the last podcast, uh, but it was also supposed to end. And if you haven't seen it, there uh, has been a photo that's been floating around since like when the movie was first announced of Shinnok, the guy that plays him, Rain or Shine, uh, standing next to Quan Chi. Because the ending was supposed to be Shinnok goes to the netherworld, nether realm. And uh, meets Quan Chi and says everything is going to plan. And it was going to set up part three, which, as we know, as Jay said, Robin Chu signed a three movie contract. Uh, but all that went to shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> In a handbasket, unfortunately. Yeah, that movie um, did not do well. No, one thing I'm... I. I oh, go ahead. Oh, go, ahead. Uh, go ahead, Josh. Sorry. I, I just remember being on like a Mortal Kombat uh, bulletin board when Annihilation came up. With people being like, what the fuck was that? Josh, can you explain what a bulletin board is for the kids out there? All right. It's a, it's a thing. It's uh, where you'd uh, make a profile, not unlike your uh, Reddit or Twitter. Uh, and instead of, uh, you know, the, these short threads, you'd make actual, you know, discussions. 
very long things. I know millennials don't like to read a lot, but you know. or we're I'm sorry, Gen Z, we're millennials. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, well, me and Jay are zennials. Thank you very no. much. Josh, I'm put, the same age as you. Yeah, well, you're a zennial too. No, we're all millennials. We're not no. getting into this. Okay. This, is a, this has been like a years long debate. <laughs> and it's get, never going to stop. Like this debate is going to go on for eternity. Right. I grew up so, before yeah. the internet, damn it. Yeah, I know that. <laughs> Com- whatever. So, anyway, sorry. M- uh, Mortal Kombat Annihilation bombs, from what I can tell, even though I contributed to that movie uh, with the movie ticket. Uh, God bless you, uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I bought the VHS, um, so at least I tried to boost home video sales. At the time? Did I mentioned before that I had a, uh, or I don't even know if I should say that I had a bootleg copy of <gasps> Annihilation. No, you didn't. No, no, no. But you, you saw it in theaters. So like, so, like, you just couldn't get I enough did... of it and you had to get a bootleg? No, the thing is, like, some uh, some kid in school, and this was, like, what, 97, so that, I would have been in 7th grade. Some kid in school got a copy of, like, a screener a screener copy of the movie on wow. VHS. Hey, bro, he hey, said bro his, you, want, you, said, you want Mortal Kombat Annihilation? I got some good shit. It was one of, that, <laughs> it's one of those things that was, like, floating around school for a bit. Like, it was, uh, he said he got it from his cousin in California or something like that. <laughs> I, 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 I kind of love the idea that there's like some shady kid at school like he looks like he's probably selling weed or drugs or like like i don't know illegal candy or something but no he's selling mortal Kombat yeah, annihilation i mean that'd hey, be man. the coolest kid in the school my brother Actually, he he's really... got like copies a screener copy of mortal Kombat. <laughs> he didn't really sell it i don't remember what it was he just showed the kids i think he made i think he made a copy for me and i watched it and i remember the first time watching it I was so nervous because on the bottom of the screen, it kept saying, not for distribution, <laughs> not for sale. Not for, and I was like, oh, my God. I was, I remember the first time I watched it, there was a few times where I looked out the window to see if there was like a... Oh, my God. Because <laughs> I, like, I was like, what, 11 or something or 12? It's like, oh, the FBI is going to come for me. Yeah. So, like the way but you... yeah, that was how I, that's how I kept watching it until I got the official like VHS of it. I still need to buy the Blu-ray that has... MK1, that, and Legacy all on it. Yeah, I kind of want to buy that too. Actually. Even though I don't like I Legacy, get the, but you know. We'll I want to get, to that get the Steelbook. That's, it's, it's, it was supposed to come out, but it keeps getting del- delayed or something. I tried to buy it, and it, it won't let you order it anymore. I don't know. What's going to be? Is just going to be more special features movies. or more like, like I don't know. reading material? I've, I'll hold off for that then. That, that sounds yeah. interesting. Yeah. So yeah, once uh, Annihilation bombs, New Line Cinema and... The producer, the Threshold Entertainment, basically scrapped the third movie because Annihilation sucked. Yeah. <laughs> and then, yep. Um, which sucks. What I what I've seen is that it dropped sixty percent in the box office. Damn, like, that's insane. Yep. Well, I mean, I mean, yeah, it's hard to believe that movie actually was in theaters. Well, yeah, like, well, when you actually kind of watch it now, like, that's always in the back of my head. Like, yeah. This may be fun on like it's so it's so bad it's good for some people, but yeah, like I can see why this did did not do good even for 1997. That was pretty below par for what a movie in my opinion. Should yeah, be. Um, yeah. Uh, and the fact that like the, a lot of like the a lot of my favorite characters that basically just didn't come back, like Christopher Lambert didn't come back as Raiden, um, Lennon Ashby. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. He, well, like he is, that. but he's no Christopher Lambert. Like he, like that man's voice is my, and like in my opinion, is what sold Raiden. Just he has a very, in my opinion, just kind of like distinct voice that I just enjoy listening to. It's kind of cool, and he's very, and he's very quotable. The thing about the thing about the Christopher Lambert version of Raiden 
Which I'm glad that they're making Raiden actually Asian in this yeah. movie. Yeah, yeah, same but here. But the thing about the thing about uh, yeah. Christopher Lambert is that he gets introduced in the movie as like a beggar, and he never really he never really shakes that off. How do you mean? He talk like he, the, the way, way he walks dressed? around them. He doesn't walk. He doesn't like hang around them regularly until he is challenged. Like every, he always kind of looks like looks like he's. Uh, like in the throne of, room scene where he's just like sitting there in the steps. Yeah, he always fe- kind of feels like he's just hanging around the set, and <laughs> he kind of just feels like he's one of them, like one of their friends. Like the way he talks and kind of jabs at them, and he tries to be like comedic. Like some of that was, like, was actually ad libbed, apparently too. Like they wanted him to be real serious, but uh, Christopher Lambert just kind of ad libbed stuff, and they liked it so much that they let him. Which they is let a, him be a great thing. choice because it makes him. Relatable, even though he's supposed to be this like otherworldly character, he kind of just feels like he's like on their level, and it makes the other actors uh, characters kind of forget who he is sometimes. Yeah, yeah, and he could and it could technically work just because like what what is Raiden? He's the god of thunder that actually likes he likes humans. He likes relating to them. So to me, I always thought it just kind of made sense that yeah, Raiden would just like try and just be one of them and kind of like joke with them or whatever because he, he likes humans he if you're a god why would you not want to do that makes sense to me yeah which i think is like even though like the first movie had like this dire situation where you know it's the last tournament if they win this one the world is done with but it still felt like he had time to just be kind of himself whereas in annihilation there's never a time to like sit and breathe. Like they just, it goes from one situation to another situation. So whenever you see Raiden, he's like frantically trying to like get people from this portal to this portal. And then he's like, he goes off to like seek help. And then he cuts his hair and he has like a mid like crisis and just the whole thing. So, <laughs> well, admittedly, he, it's he a never... lot more dire situation. The, the rules have been broken. This isn't a tournament right. anymore. So then it makes him feel more like a standard mentor type of character. Like, the only time he, like, kind of jokes around is, like, do you like my new look or whatever. Yeah, and that know. might just be a case of, like I said, the, the humor was Christopher Lam- thanks to Christopher Lambert and maybe James Amar. I, I think he just took a paycheck for that movie, but, you know. I don't mind that. I mean, I don't, I don't blame him for that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it was supposed to be, yeah, so they ended it, and Mortal Kombat... Devastation, I think it was supposed to be called, even when uh, it was planned to be released right after Annihilation, uh, came back to surface. What year about was it? Well, it was a few times. So there was like there was like rumors back in like 2002 that it was still sort of being talked about. Like there were rumors that there were rumors that like you know certain actors like I don't know if it was Robin Shu or someone else were seen talking to like the producers at their office or something like that about it. Um, there was talks like on people's websites, like the guy who plays Jax in Annihilation, apparently he talked, he said that it was still a thing. I remember seeing a video over like 15 years ago of an interview and I feel like uh, Linda Nashby mentioned it somehow. I and saw it, actually a video, but I think it was, a little later than 2002. Uh, okay. It was a TV interview. I don't know what show, but Lyndon Ashby was on there and they were talking about, you know, him being Johnny Cage. And uh, he opened it up telling a really cute story about his uh, t- 
daughter was being bullied, uh, and they said, you know, your parents are going to die and stuff like that. And she's like, my dad's not going to die. He's Johnny Cage. <laughs> and I'm just like, that's wonderful. And then, and then Lynn yeah. Nashby just shadow kicks the other kids <laughs> from the side of the playground. <laughs> but, uh, but then they go on to ask him about like, oh, so I hear you're coming back for the new one. And he's like, yeah. And you can hear him say with reservation in his voice that there's some legal battles and stuff to get it, you know, and all that. But like, he also seemed really earnestly excited about being able to be Johnny Cage again. And it, it's kind of heartbreaking that he didn't get to be. Didn't get to, yeah. Except in um, Mortal Kombat 11. <laughs> right. And, like, uh, I mean, there were just a bunch of rumors. Like, it was actually really fun, like, trying to go back and look at what people were talking about in, like, I don't know, the late 90s, early 2000s. It's you know. funny because I don't remember any of this shit from when, like, you know, I enjoyed Annihilation even though I acknowledged it was a train wreck. But, like, after that... I mean, I was still involved in Mortal Kombat, uh, as said in the last podcast, because I was still playing 3 and 4, but I don't remember hearing any, like, chatter about a new movie. I, I just figured Annihilation four. killed it. I think it was after 4. Like, I remember hearing about it a little bit in college, and hearing about, like, it, there's always that rumored Mortal Kombat 3, and it's like, it's just always in development kind of thing. Oh, God, I got a funny it's... rumor about a Mortal Kombat game um, I could tell later, though. <laughs> Oh, yeah, because, yeah, I, I was looking up at different websites and stuff. Oh, no, this and... one's something that happened in school that some kid was trying to BS to me. Oh, go for it. <laughs> oh, God. That's so embarrassing. <laughs> it, was, uh, like, it was before Mortal Kombat 4. This is, like, when Mortal Kombat 3 was a thing, and I was still, like, in middle school or whatever. There was one of the kids is saying, like, dude, so they just, like, I saw a commercial for Mortal Kombat 5. And I'm like, but Mortal, there's no Mortal Kombat 4. Why they call it five? And he's like, they just, they just did. It's called Mortal Kombat Five. And the commercial like shows Shao Kahn hiking up this mountain and he goes into this cave and there's like this old like monk looking guy sitting meditating in the cave and Shao Kahn awakens him and he's the new villain. And Shao Kahn goes, yes, it has begun. And then Mortal Kombat Five. And I was like, he convinced me enough that I literally went to KB stores and asked if they had Mortal Kombat Five. Because they told me there was a banner up there that had like Shao Kahn pumping his fist. Uh, oh my so, god! As far as stupid, yeah, schoolyard <laughs> rumors. Yeah, um, actually, you know, like I was looking at one of these, like you know, uh, I don't know if it'd be called a blog now, but back then it was just like a random GeoCities website kind of thing. And people were saying that like there was rumors that Mortal Kombat Devastation would tie in with the release of Mortal Kombat Five. Interesting. Which I think is Dev, uh, Deadly Alliance. Deception? Deadly Alliance, yeah. So I guess there was like that whole thing where they were just trying to figure out when it's coming out. That makes sense because the, the basic story premise, as little as we've been given for Devastation, when they decided to do it as like a later thing and not immediately after Annihilation, was that it was basically going to be Shang Tsung's back, Quan Chi is joining him, and it's Deadly Alliance. Yeah, and Quan Chi, interestingly, I've... was going to be played by the guy that plays him in Mortal Kombat Conquest. Oh my god! <laughs> you know the guy that. Ooh, ooh. Oh god! That brings me to Oh, I... I mean, I'm okay with that because he was he was a fun Quan Chi. Oh my god! Uh, so yeah, I mean, I've heard rumors from you know the fact that Devastation is going to be a retcon of Annihilation right. to the fact to like a rumor that. Quan Chi was going to bring back Johnny Cage 
somehow like there was a whole bunch of stuff going yeah it's on. like if it was a retcon and it just follows one they wouldn't need to do that but if they decided to follow annihilation they'd have to yeah bring back johnny cage right and then uh, I have an interesting note, too. Uh, there was an interview uh, with Christopher Lambert for some website in the UK called Loaded, uh, where he actually said it would involve time travel, uh, preceding Mortal Kombat 11's and Mortal Kombat 9's time travel fuckery. <laughs> oh Perhaps God. even inspiring it. But uh, he said, I can say it in a Christopher Lambert voice, I just brought it up here, he's like, Oh, you're going to be traveling through time, but in a very special way. No, you can't. So I imagine characters. I can't can. do the Christopher no, Lambert. No, you can't. You really can't, dude. No. You really can't. Maybe Jay can. But he basically no, says, a... like, they're going to be battling in London, and then, whoosh, you smash through a window and find yourself on the hood of a New York cab. And, like, that's the only mention of time travel and the development of devastation that I, I've been able to dig up. That doesn't sound like time travel. That sounds like just teleporting. Teleportation, yeah. I mean, it's Christopher <laughs> Lambert. He kind of seems just like, not giving a shit, because he also said in the same interview, uh, quote-unquote, uh, Mortal Kombat was an arcade game, a beat-em-up, and because of that, they were forced to create a story rather than simply relying on the game's plot. Uh, <laughs> fuck you, Christopher Lambert. Uh, no, I'm, I love you. You're a good doctor. But uh, obviously, the game's story was rich enough that it they made a movie about it. Very little yeah. has changed, only just added for the 95 movie. The... A lot from 95 was put into the game. Later. Yeah. So. I mean, that's also, that's why I say, like, it's lightning in a bottle. Because uh, that's the other interesting thing. Later on down the road, if we travel through this weird developmental hell until we get to where we are now, is that, you know, when Midway Games went under, uh, right. they were bought by Warner Brothers. Yep. And Lawrence Kasanoff, uh, the producer of the original Mortal Kombat and Annihilation, actually sued Midway Games claiming that uh, he had exclusive rights to Mortal Kombat tie-in media and that Mortal Kombat's success as a franchise and it's just the worldwide phenomenon thing was largely part and due to his involvement. That it wouldn't have been as big as it was if he didn't push to have the movie made. And that's partially, partially I can agree with that. I mean, it already was a worldwide phenomenon just because, oh my God, the violence... But the movie but this, really like, did. The Mortal, I mean, the, the fact that it was a PG-13 movie made it more accessible to, like, a wider audience. Yes. So, well, yeah, I mean, I it, yes and no. I mean, uh, there weren't any ratings uh, yet to bar Mortal Kombat from being seen by impressionable, Yeah, I'm kind of happy, though, that, like, this minds. movie will be R-rated, just because I feel like that's kind of, like, the natural thing. A lot of people want, fran- like, want their franchises that they're attached to that happen to just be very gory and violent. They want them to have that R-rating. Like, they wanted, you know, Predator to be R-rated. They wanted, well, uh, like, a Freddy, like, basically, like, a Freddy Krueger movie or, like, a horror movie to be R-rated. In most cases, they are. Uh, and then now... Remember when Paul Anderson made a PG-13 Alien versus Predator? Yeah. Farm remembers. Yep, yep. Uh, but, you know... The fact that they're making this one R-rated because that means they can do all the gore and make the fight very, very brutal. Like, I think that's actually, in my opinion, like a very, very good thing. But from like a box office perspective, it may or may not actually do as well. But that means also you can't really compare a rated oh. R movie to a PG-13 movie. That's just... R- R-rated movies can be blockbusters now. Matrix shattered that uh, ceiling. Um, and I think there are a couple others. But like... Within reason, too, because I remember me and Yassine talking to each other and being concerned about how the new movie would be. Like, are they going to go too 
dark and gritty and try to be serious and bloody like like a uh, legacy like rebirth and it doesn't feel like that it feels like it's going to be embracing a little bit of camp yeah and the violence might be over the top well, actually like let's kind of you know transition into talking about rebirth because rebirth was another attempt right. at making a Mortal Kombat movie so basically uh it was a it was a short film made in 2010 uh, the director's name is Kevin Tencheroen. I apologize if I mess up that name. 2010. My God, that's 10 years ago. It's 11 years 11. ago. Yeah. Um, I remember when that first came out. Anyway. So he made this short film as basically a pitch to Warner Brothers about his idea of a Mortal Kombat movie. Uh, it was supposed to be a reimagining, and it was basically a grittier, more realistic take on the Mortal Kombat lore. Um, I remember watching it when it came out, and I remember liking parts of it. Same, but I, 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 it just felt too. It was in that era where everything needed to be realistic. You know what I mean? Like yeah, it was a lot, like it was that like, that Power Rangers uh, concept video. <laughs> well, that was that was a, that was later, but it was yeah, a, okay. it was the same thing. It's in the same vein. It's the same thing. It was it was just this whole thing where like you know, you know, sci-fi or like video game properties or like even comic book properties, everybody wanted to do them, but they wanted to do them in a realistic take because they felt like you can't really sell something as being colorful and campy and goofy or like, you know, just outlandish or whatever. So this was like his attempt at making, bringing this to like a more realistic world. And while it didn't turn into a movie, it did turn into a web series called Mortal Kombat Legacy, which he was also, I believe he worked on, I don't know Correct. if he was the director. I know he was uh, producer on it, but I believe he was producer. I yeah, I don't know if he was director. And there were two seasons, and he left right about a season mid season two or the end of it. Right. Um, let me see. It was he was he was the, he developed it. He was a director, and he wrote on it too. So it was basically that that was like kind of his sort of his pet problem, project. And they did two seasons, and I believe they were on YouTube. And yeah, I watched them all when I, they came out. <laughs> yeah, same. And, um, and and they're a little different from Rebirth, where Rebirth was the let's do away the supernatural. It was more of and a horror that. thing, really. Yeah, it kind of was horror, crime, and Legacy was like, okay, we'll be Mortal Kombat. But then for a few episodes, he's like, no, I'm going to do my thing, like the Raiden episode. Right. He actually had a intro to the Raiden episode where he says, this is kind of what I really want to do. Because mm. the Raiden episode is basically one flew over the cuckoo's nest with Raiden. Yeah, yeah I remember. I hated slash loved that episode. That was such a mix. I always liked the Johnny Cage one. I don't know why. That one was always a, a weird one that I enjoyed in the first season. The what? The Johnny Cage one. I kind of like that, except that they had Raiden show up and he's in a suit. Oh, I forgot about that. That that was so the, like the, to try and make everything feel mature and dark and serious. It's like it's got to be realistic. Like so, like everyone fucking wears a suit. The Grand Dragon of the Lin Kuei, when he's like trying to figure out how to make his ninjas cyberized, visits the lab and he's wearing a suit, which kind of makes sense, you know. He's you know, but Raiden shows up to Johnny Cage in his cell where he's being kept, and he's wearing a suit. Mm. Why? 
Just make him wear, make him wear his Johnny, his Raiden thing. That's what I mean. This was that era where everything had to be realistic, or try to be realistic. Like that that Legend of Chun Li movie. Bison is a businessman in a suit, right? Like in a suit. And that's the thing. Like, no matter what you think about the MCU, the MCU kind of proved that you can do these superheroes with costumes and like flying and all this comic book stuff and it can be accepted. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And even have serious like themes and stories right. in it. I'm kind of glad even still you can have a dude wearing an American flag suit. <laughs> kind yeah, of like, I'm, yeah. 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 I'm kind of glad that we're kind of like moving away from that, or at least it seems that we're moving away from that. Just like embrace the supernatural, embrace the fun, colorful costumes that we're going to put on these people because they're going to stand out. And then just just kind of like let them do their thing. Not everybody has to be like in a suit or a skirt like the entire time, like when they're doing all this stuff. And, and that's what this new movie seems to be doing, which is encouraging. And yeah. I might get to later, but mm-hmm. uh, Rebirth definitely wasn't that. Yeah, Rebirth. I liked two things I liked about Rebirth. Um, I mostly hated it. Yeah, yeah, same. <laughs> but uh, I like the idea, at least, of reimagining the idea of the tournament being Shang Tsung being a, a crime lord who's basically hosting a underground tournament in the middle of the city. Kind of like Bloodsport. I kind of like. I kind of like it. Mm. Uh, just, my other big takeaway was just them doing Scorpion almost exactly right. Uh, yeah. Because like he he's the he's the protagonist, uh, the guy sitting there getting all the exposition from Jax, the whole thing, and we don't realize it till the end. And he he tells Jax, he's like, "I'm you know I'm here voluntarily." So he's like, he's a bad guy, but he's not the bad guy. <laughs> and like and and Jackson and Sonya want him. They want to hire him to assassinate Shang Tsung so that also makes Scorpion the damn hero. And I was like, "Okay, I'm in." Uh that was like the only thing that I liked. Uh and then I actually did like is the same actor as Rebirth that reprises roles Scorpion and Legacy and that was one of the few things I liked about Legacy is I really dug him as Scorpion. Yeah, yeah. And also to add to that, that seems to be just like a big transition, particularly in this new movie, that it like where it shows like Scorpion is definitely, you know, sort of like billed as more of the protagonist or a good guy or like a tragic character because he lost his family from his history. Yeah. So you're meant to like relate to him and all that stuff. And it, it kind of makes sense because he is and pretty much always has been the mascot for Mortal Kombat. Like whenever you think Mortal Kombat, you see him. There's things I like and dislike about that because Scorpion is my favorite character and uh, so it, it is for Ed Boon, um, which is why Scorpion is being just like pushed so much. But I also think like at this point, even with a new movie, they're going a little too hard with it to make him a heroic person. I remember J- you seen you and I are arguing a little bit about like Scorpion's status. Is, is he an anti-hero? Is he a, is he a noble guy? Mm-hmm. And... He's always been kind of like neutral and like even in like that recent thing you saw with uh, John Tobias's Twitter thing about uh, like how they conceptualized the ninjas. Yeah. In the first game. And you see that comic screenshot where Scorpion is holding Sub-Zero by the scruff of his neck and saying, I could kill you right now, but I'm not a murderer. Right. It's like even back then he was still honorable, but like they're really pushing now to have him be you know, sympathetic, showing his family and all that and all that. It's starting to get a little annoying because I, I, I really hated Scorpion's Revenge. Mm, yeah. Where they try to do that and it's just like, mm. but uh, we'll see how it, it's portrayed in the, in the new movie. Um, I feel what we, we've gotten off 
uh, in the weeds, though. Where were we at? Oh, okay. So, I mean, we're basically talking about Rebirth going into Legacy. Right. And uh, yeah. Legacy was interesting because it had different, like, it was like a mix in between. Like, it wasn't super dark and gritty and horror-themed as, like, Rebirth, but it wasn't super campy and not taking itself too seriously. Like it they was got a little more campy in the second season. Yeah. But there was still, like, it, it seemed to be a battle of the director basically having a compromise of, okay, we'll do supernatural stuff, we'll be a little campy with him wanting to do dark and gritty, which is where the Raiden episode came about. Yeah. I felt that was him, like, being like, this is what I really want to do. Uh, and that reminds me of something about that show. Uh, gosh, now I'm running a blank. Uh, but I will say, oh, like, I, I like some of the casting. Like, I like Mark DeCascos as Kung I was Lao. about to mention him. He was he was a great Kung Lao. Uh, I that that made my heart happy seeing him as Kung Lao. I was just like, even though yeah. he was bald, like as a proper monk, and not like Kung Lao with his luscious hair as we're used to seeing him. True. Yeah. But still, like I just just having just having Mark DeCascos in a Mortal Kombat property in general is just like oh it's so good. Like And I did like the dynamic between him and Liu Kang. Yeah. Um like they were Drift King. the the dark DK, DK. the dark <laughs> Yeah, DK Drift King. Um the dark Liu Kang. I like I liked where they were going with that. Even though it got a little too fucking gritty mm, where yeah. they, they show why he doesn't like that song. And his girlfriend gets killed at the diner, and then he goes to some guy's throat in a hotel. And I'm like, am I watching Mortal Kombat or Breaking Bad? You remember, you remember way more than I do about this. Story. Yeah, like his introductory yeah, yeah, episode. Like really is he, he, he's at a bar, and these guys are doing karaoke, and he's like, don't play that song. Like Casablanca. Like, don't play that song. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he beats the guys up, and Kung Lao comes and breaks it up. And then we find out the reason he doesn't like that song is because he worked at a diner and fell in love with a girl. <laughs> and that song was playing while a bunch of guys come in and tried to rob the place and killed her. Oh, my God. Like, and then he goes like and gets do. revenge on one of those guys and kills him in, like, a seedy motel. And, like, that's where our point was, like, is this Mortal Kombat or Breaking Bad? I can't tell. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. That sounds like a Breaking Bad episode, the way you describe yeah. it. <laughs> uh, but I, I like the idea, and then he... They build him up to be Liu Kang, but imagined as what if he turned to the dark side? And I was kind of cool with that. And then he talks to Shang Tsung, which is freaking played by Carrie Tagawa Carrie, once again. Carrie, goddamn motherfucking Hiroyuki, goddamn Tagawa. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's actually the one point where I was like fully into it, not because it was just Carrie Tagawa, because he comes in. When they actually start the quote-unquote tournament, it just felt like he was just there. But they had that one episode where him and Liu Kang sit down yep. at a fancy restaurant and have a philosophical discussion. And that was the best episode of Mortal Kombat Legacy. Yeah. Oh, man. So good. Um, it was like, yeah. Oh um, yeah. Once, I, I mean, once... like, So the show had two seasons. And they were starting to work on the third. But then the director, uh, Kevin Tencheron, left... Um, from what I remember and what I've seen, he left to go on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. because, I mean, his sister right. was the showrunner of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., so he went to work on that with her, I guess. And he also left, uh, he also, like, departed from the season series because there was, like, a lack of development on the movie, from what I've read. Because he really wanted to be able to, like, spearhead Yeah, he wanted, he wanted to do movie. that reboot film. 
Yeah, actually, I mean, like, that's uh, what I have in my notes, too, is that he was going to be our new director. Right, yeah. But then uh, once that kind of fell through, we got a f- couple years of nothing, and then uh, James Wan, who, you know, famously, like, you know, yeah, big director, you know, directed Aquaman, directed Fast and Furious 7, which I love. Uh, he's just a great director. So he came on to be producer. And then we got... Uh, Simon McQuaid, I believe is his name. Yeah, Simon. No, yeah, Simon, Simon McCoy. McCoy. Sorry. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. And he's and he really hasn't done much. He's basically a, uh, he's from Perth and Australia. He's from Perth and Australia. So being that this you know this new movie was filmed in Australia mostly makes sense. But he hasn't really done much. He's done mainly like a lot of like video game um, directorial FMVs, uh, mainly for things like I think the PlayStation Four, uh, possibly new stuff for the PlayStation Five. So he's definitely one of those like video game director types, and that could be like that could be good. I mean, Mortal Kombat is a video game property, so from an action standpoint, you know, I think he could do well. But there's just not enough out there to really sort of say what type of like stylized director he kind of is, just because he's like so new. But mad right. props to the movie for actually giving like a new director a chance to kind of like put their foot in the door with a property like this. I think I think it's a good thing, and we'll see how. Well, that's kind of the thing in Hollywood now is to pick the uh, the the wet behind the ears director and give him a big property like uh, the guy that directed Godzilla and Star Wars. Oh, Gareth, uh, Gareth Edwards. Gareth Edwards. Yeah, Gareth Edwards. I miss that guy so much. Because he fucked off from Hollywood after Star Wars. He's like, you know what? They gave me so much shit in Godzilla and Star Wars. Fuck this. I'm going back to doing my own thing. Which, hey man, I can't blame you. That's just too much pressure. It's got to be a lot of pressure. Yeah. Um, So yeah, we also have uh, the writers, uh, Greg Russo and Dave Callahan as screenplay writers. Um, Greg Russo, I I can't find much that he's done before this. So he may be also a newish... Uh, writer, uh, I've seen stuff from Dave Cannon. He's he's done screenplays and done stories and stuff like that for like movies like Doom, the Expendables movies. He actually did stories right, for Godzilla. Uh, he worked on the rewrite of Ant Man, like a bunch of stuff. Uh, he's also writing the Shang Chi movie that's coming out this year, and apparently he's working on the screenplay for the second Into the Spider Verse movie. So he's definitely doing a lot of stuff right now. Um, yeah, he's got yeah he's got some good cred going on right now. Uh, should we talk about some of the cast because there's a lot of them? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah there's a lot. Um, um, so I guess like so I guess one thing I'll mention here just because this seems to be a lot of like what people are um, are excited about, but I will consider myself a noob on this just because I I'm like I, it's not that I'm not excited I just don't know. Um, here Yuki Sonata, so he is playing the titular character of Scorpion in this film and. <laughs> Lo and behold, I look at things he's been in, and really the only thing that come two things come to my you know come to my mind. One, he was in Avengers Endgame, which I don't remember him in at all. He, he was. And, he uh, so you remember the first scene that we see uh, Hawkeye in as the Ronin? I figured he, it's when Hawkeye's killing people in yeah, Tokyo. Yeah, he's or the whatever. guy that he oh, fights yeah. for a while. Yeah, yeah, that's him. But but way more importantly, the thing that I actually remember him from, as silly as this sounds, is what's new Scooby Doo? He was in that. What's <laughs> that crap? <laughs> Okay, and that so, was 2005. Okay, so I know a little bit more about him. Like he, um, like we were talking about before the podcast started, uh, he was sort of an understudy of Sonny Chiba. Is that what was that? Mm-hmm. Is that what his yeah. role was? So he worked in Japan Action Club uh, for a while. Um, I have I just got a show that he was on called Message from Space, which was a TV show 
I think. Sequel yeah, of I the saw movie. that too. And which, the, yeah, there was a message from Space Movie, which I still have yet to see and wanted to see. I never knew they made a TV show. Yeah, they made a TV show. In it. And it is a Toei show. And a Toei show from the 70s that's basically a ripoff of Star Wars. Right. <laughs> I've seen the first like three episodes and I'm like, I'm, I'm in. I'm totally in. It's so cool. Space opera in uh, Tukusatsu. Oh, yes, exactly. Um, there was a movie that I saw him a while ago called Roaring Fire, which is also a Japanese movie. And it was basically because he's like he worked in Japan Action Club. So he was a stunt guy becoming an right. actor. And he was no, he just like had so much energy. And he's just like a good martial artist. He's acrobat. Like he's awesome. Uh, I've seen him in a bunch of movies. He, he went to Hong Kong. He did a bunch of movies in Hong Kong. Where, like he did uh, movies with Michelle Yeoh. Uh, just a like he's got like like his imdb and like wikipedia stuff is like just off the chart yeah he's also yeah, like, yeah. apparently he's in lost he was in speed racer he was in rush hour three yeah he uh, played jackie chan's brother in rush hour three and apparently they're, they're like really good friends in real life uh, he was in ring two and i want to say he was in uh, last samurai of course and that's the thing a uh, lot of people wait, let me see a lot of people know him from like recognize him from the last samurai like you know who else was in Last Samurai? Tom Cruise. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, the director of the uh, 1989 Japanese movie Gunhead, which I still have yet to like force you to watch. There's Wait, al- also, um... also, Ken, also Ken Watanabe was also in Last Samurai. Well, no yeah. shit. Um, but no, the director <laughs> of this really weird, not successful Japanese sci-fi movie that's Cameron uh, James Cameron's favorite movie is in Last Samurai. What? Yeah, he just... Apparently, he's a a, a well, like, respected director, and he just, like, did, like, a cameo role. Interesting. I had no idea. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. i never seen Last Samurai, though. So, yeah, uh, Hiroyuki Sanadi, like, as soon as he was uh, announced, I was was like, okay, this is... This could be awesome, because... I remember you saying, like, if there's anybody that could portray angry... Hanzo Hasashi Scorpion, it's him. Yeah, and if and if you see the trailer, most people when they see him fighting, everybody reacts the same way. They're just like, "Oh my god, this is oh damn, this is like insane." Yeah, um, it's kind of like how when Shang Chi was announced and they said that Tony Leung is going to be in it, you're just like, "Wait, Tony Leung is going to be in the MCU? What is going on right now?" This is the same thing I had here. I was like, "Hiroyuki Sonata in Mortal Kombat as Scorpion." It doesn't compute, but I love it. Oh, he was in uh, Wolverine too. Yes, yes, he was, and yes, I, he was, and I haven't and seen that. Is he? Yeah, like, I haven't seen that, that took movie place either. In Japan, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm it saying, does. like every movie he's um, in, he is the awesome part of that movie. Cool. So that's what I'm hoping for. And then also, and also, just right behind him, the other like sort of like big hype casting is uh, Joe Tassam. Tassim. <laughs> I apologize if I butchered. Yeah, Tossum. Tossum. See, I told you I was going to butcher his name. I <laughs> I'm actually hype about him. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm very hype about him. Because he now... was great in The Raid. Oh, yeah, he and, was fantastic uh, in The Raid. I think I've told you guys, every shot I see of him as Sub-Zero, even though, uh, except for that one Entertainment Weekly uh, shot from the, the, the prologue where we see him killing Scorpion and we see him without his mask, Yeah, everything else is him wearing a mask. And despite that, I can see him sneering behind that mask i can see him just fucking hamming it up 
Dude, and watching and I him, think he's going to be an intimidating Sub Zero. And watching him fight, like I recently saw him in the show that you've seen recommended to me called The Warrior on HBO Max. So for anybody out there, shameless plug, please watch you that see, show. Please watch it. Yeah, please. Yeah, right. yeah. Please watch that show. The Warrior was very, very good. And if you want to see, you know, Sub Zero before he became Sub Zero, kicking ass and taking names, that's a show to do it. He plays a pretty cool character in that show too. And once I found that out. I instantly got a bit more hyped, you know, more than I already was about this movie because of, you know, just because of that casting choice. I think it's well, everyone's seen him in Fast and Furious Six too. Yeah, where I think he was wearing blue when he was fighting uh, Han and uh, Roman. Uh, yeah, Han and um, uh, Tyrese's character. What's his name? Yeah, Roman. Roman. Yeah. Yeah, Roman. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's great. Like if you, and in in Warrior, he's like always sneering, so you can. <laughs> I could like, dude, like. The shot where he's freezing Jax's arms. Like, there's one shot where he's, like, looking down at him, and the mask is almost kind of pulling away, and you can see his nose a little bit, too. But, like, you can see his eyebrows just scrunching and being like, you know, it's like, he's going to be evil as fuck. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking forward to him. And we've also got um, uh, Liu Kang, a.k.a. uh, who's being played by Lin Lin. Yep, and Ludi Lin is, uh, I don't know too much about him, but I knew, but I do know him from the Power Rangers movie back in 2017. He played Zack in that film, and, you know, even though I have my own qualms about the Power Rangers movie, <laughs> uh, that's don't. a good discussion for a different day, <laughs> but <laughs> I am actually happy that Ludi Lin is getting more work. Um, I don't think he, sadly, will be able to live up to the greatness that is Robin Chu, but I do appreciate Well, he won't that. anyway, because Johnny, yeah. or uh, Johnny Cage, Liu Kang is not going to be the protagonist. He's going to yeah. be a side character yeah. anyway. Yeah, that's a gripe for me, but... The few lines that we've heard from him in this movie, I'm just like, oh, man, I'm kind of hyped for it. Really? Because, I don't know, he's he's kind of, like... It's almost like he's kind of laying out what Mortal Kombat is to the other characters. The Moral Guidepost? What? Mortal Kombat has... The Moral Guidepost? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess so, yeah. Um, so, I don't know. He's he's pretty... Like, I'm a big fan of Ludi Lin. Um, he I do in... like that, that the, the shot of him doing the dragon flame thing. He's He belts out a really epic yell it's so um, cool yeah um he was in i haven't seen it but he apparently he was in an episode of the black mirror show oh, yeah mirror, i saw that there where he uh like i guess it's, it has to do with video games in that episode and they go into a video a fighting video game and he plays one of the fighting characters and the way he's dressed like i mean it's tip, it's just more like a i don't know in my in my when i compare it it kind of looks like his outfit in mortal Kombat a little bit it's kind of weird that 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 episode's a thing and then he becomes uh Liu Kang. even though i think it was supposed to be more like a street fighter type of a video game either way it's like video like, games and he's yeah. playing a video game character yeah um also fuck black mirror sorry yeah sadly like episodes yeah sadly like looking at the rest of the cast just from this movie i mean not too many names at least to me stand out like uh like yasin maybe you know more about the guy playing kung lao um his name is max uh huang I don't know yeah, much about him. I did a little bit of research. Uh, well, I, just, I looked at his like uh, IMDb page and his uh, uh, what do you call it on Wikipedia and stuff. And he apparently is a, he's a part of the Japan. Uh, no, sorry, the Jackie Chan stunt team. Oh, uh, cool! I didn't know that. Which yeah, because um, Jackie Chan stunt team is like he's a team that he developed like since like the early '80s. Because like, I mean, Jackie Chan. He's known for doing his own stunts. He pushes his team to do like do as much crazy stuff as possible, and it came to the point where he, you know, no one would insure him because 
he's doing so many crazy things. Nobody wants to insure him. So he basically created his own system and his own team where, like, if anybody gets injured, he pays for it out of pocket. And nice. it became, like, this thing where it's, like, it's almost like a generational thing. Like, there's always, like, groups of, like, there's, like, more than 10 generations of Japan, uh, Jackie Chan, I keep want to say Japan Action Club, uh, Jackie Chan stunt team. And I think he's one of the latest generations because he started in, like, 2010. But the fact that he is in the Jackie Chan stunt team is, like, huge praise, at least. Interesting. Yeah. He was in Police Story Lockdown from 2013, which must be a continuation of I haven't seen that one, but, yeah, I I remember it. it, The the Police Story, like, franchise is weird because I can't really tell. I know the first two are immediately linked. The third one feels... Like it's like it's almost like a James Bond type thing, but with the same character. I don't know. It's weird. I mean, it's, it feel like there was like reboots within it. It's just the whole thing. It's kind I'm of looking confusing. forward to him because he feels so much goddamn like Kung Lao that I'm really happy for you that you'll be able to see him. I just, just the want way it. he's. I want it so bad. I want the, Kung the way Lao he says cool. his name, Kung yeah. Lao. The way he fights in the trailer. The way he fights in the trailer. There's like this one shot where he's just like posing in a, in a reno and he just right that tv spot where he's crouching yeah and he touches his hat i'm just like that is kung lao that's he that's looks 200 percent like goddamn kung lao uh, from world yeah. Two. yeah like yeah like the way that you've always felt about scorpion in movies and shows and stuff <laughs> this is what i like i don't have that many like because i mean the first uh time we see him on film it's actually the great kung lao in conquest <laughs> oh god and we know you love that guy <laughs> yeah we know you love I, I don't I, I don't mind the actor it's just like that's not my kung lao well so, we did mind the actor because it wasn't one of our criticisms when we watched yeah, it i'm trying to be nice a horrible yeah, actor I didn't, I didn't like him <laughs> yeah he's not a good actor but yeah we haven't really seen kung uh, un, until we saw you know mark DeCasco. like the kung lao yeah, yeah. like mark DeCasco was in it and he was kung lao and i was hyped oh that's that. true and i like yeah we just yeah. got done saying i liked mark DeCasco's but this looks kung like lao. This looks like MK2 Kung Lao. Kong motherfucking Lao. And I cannot wait. He's like, that's like my most like anticipated. Like that's the one I want to see right now. Um, right. Yeah, most of yeah, most of the um, most of like the other cast besides just all these like nice people that were like were kind of hyping up. I admit, I I don't think they've been in much. Like Jessica McNamee doing like Sonya Blade. Like she's kind of like a supermodel. Um, oh, she does a lot person, of like but... soap opera and stuff in Australia. Like she's an actress in Australia. Same with. Uh, Josh Lawson, who's, Kano, uh, who plays yeah. Kano, he's yeah. also an actor in uh, Australia, and I've seen a few reaction videos, and the like Australian reactors always kind of pop up when they see Josh Lawson because he's pretty well known, I, I believe. So I'm I still really have yet to him. watch the uh, the reaction video of uh, uh, Ludi Jin's grandmother or mother Lin. crying. Yeah, over seeing him. Like I, I haven't watched it yet, but I'm like. Oh, I need to watch that. I will say, uh, Jax's actor, Makad Brooks, I, I actually know him from Supergirl, the TV show. He plays... Uh, All right. He, he plays uh, Jimmy Olsen. Oh, really? Jimmy Olsen? Really? Yeah. Yeah, he, yeah. Well, he, he, yeah I can see that. I think, his, I think his name is James in the in the in in that show. James Olsen. Never was in the show. Uh, let me see. Let me be sure, because I'm pretty sure. Yeah, no, I just looked it up. James Olsen slash Guardian. Yeah. And I actually like really enjoyed him in Supergirl. He's a really good character in that. And I, yeah, he's one of my favorite parts of that show. So seeing him as Jax is like, okay, this is this is gonna be. Different. Yeah, I liked him in the trailer. Like I'm, I'm interested to see him as Jax, even though he doesn't. 
Uh, he looks different from when that first shot we saw him, where everyone thought he was Steve Harvey. <laughs> like, <laughs> and that 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 like was the Entertainment Weekly like screenshots were not. Yeah, it was a screenshot of him locking arms with what we now know is Reiko. But uh, he doesn't look that way in any of the other shots. That was just the weird camera angle and all that. Yeah, because he looks buffer in that shot. Because my only criticism of him is Jax is he's not that big, dude. Dude, that is not the case. In Supergirl, oh. he is like a hulking figure in that show. No shit, really. Like, he okay. is big. Like his shirts do not fit him. Like it's just <laughs> he is big. so. Like I think I think it's the fact that he has the CG arms. The CG arms, maybe the CG yeah. metal arms. Even Which, though they're supposed to be, make him bigger, I feel like they make him smaller than he actually is. Well, I'm interested to see how the CG arms feel in the actual movie because, like, in the trailers, I bought it. Yeah, but that's like in a like small screen. Like, if I see it in the theaters, like, how obvious CG is it going to be? Because it's mm. not like uh, Annihilation where they just put, you know, a thing over the guy's arms. They're literally, because you could see, like, the spaces between his fingers and all that. They're literally doing, like, he's Luke Skywalker with a cybernetic arm. Pretty much, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to see him as Jax, because he's kind of been hyping it up since he got cast. And I think he's a cool dude. So, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Well, um, I like his voice. I like his lines in the trailer and stuff like that. Um, it's a birthmark. What's that mean? Yeah, that's, that's, that's the one he line. That's the, the line that doesn't sell because it's cut up in the trailer. I, I feel think like, I the, feel... the gist of it is supposed to be the, the teenage daughter is supposed to be kind of smartass. Yeah, I think she's saying like, it sarcastically. She's like, no shit, he was born of it, dude. Yeah. Yeah, but I don't know why they chose that for the trailer then. Yeah, the way it's cut... out of context, yeah, it's easily it... made it definitely... fun of. Yeah. It definitely looks like, like any of the comedy that's going to come out of this movie is going to mostly come from Kano, though, because like, he's got like some uh, of the obviously. best one-liners from the trailer, obviously, but... You know, like, I think my favorite line is when he said, it's like, oh, so when, so does that mean that I'm going to get superpowers yeah. at some point? And then the very next shot is him doing, like, his eye beam and laughing his butt off about it. I'm just like, okay. <laughs> yeah, I think, like, I think Kano, was- uh, I've said in our personal conversations that Sub-Zero is going to be MVP, but I think Kano might be second. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so I've I've seen the actor who plays Shang Tsung, Chin Han, in a few things. Um, well, we all, we've all seen him in The Dark Knight. The Dark Knight, yeah. Um, he was also in the Winter Soldier. Wait, really? What part? Uh, he's a councilman in that. Huh. So not a super big role. Councilman, like with Hydra or with like Shield? I don't know. I don't Is remember. It... <laughs> I don't remember either. Okay. Yeah. Um, he was also in a few episodes of the show Arrow. So he's been all over the place. You know what I mean? Interesting. Oh, he what was I in do... the game Sleeping Dogs. That's one of my favorite games. Awesome. Oh, he was sunny in that, dude. Yeah, I, I am like looking forward to his Shang Tsung because um, he seems so different than he was because in the only movie I've seen him in, The Dark Knight, like his voice is so much different. That monologue he gives in the trailer, yeah, you know, no matter how many, like he's got so much reverberation in his voice. And from what I understand, this Shang Tsung, much like I liked uh, Bruce Locke's portrayal of Shang Tsung in Conquest, where <laughs> he just did his own thing. Yeah, dude, that was such a different take on Shang right. Tsung. Right. Yeah. Like, he, he was... That Shang Tsung was so pimp. He was cool. <laughs> uh, I feel this Shang Tsung is going to be more, dare I say, honorable. Mm. Uh, serious. He doesn't have to quite be, like, the conniving, snaky 
Kerry Tagawa Shang Tsung. Like I, I'm gonna give him, I'm gonna give him a, a fair pass. I'm like I, th- I think I might like him. Yeah, I think he may be closer to maybe the video game version where it's like more regal of a character. Yeah. Yeah, because obviously, like everything we love about Shang Tsung is because of Carrie Dukawa. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah, a lot of like, it. A lot of it. Literally, yes. in the first game, he's just Fu Manchu, and uh, in the second yeah. game, he gets his young version and all that. Yeah. But like I said, the the ninety five movie, like, I remember being, I remember being a little a little bit raging as a kid, being like, well, no, he's supposed to be a thousand years old in the first game. He's not supposed to look young. And where's this goatee? And da, 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 da. And he's wearing a leather jacket. That's not what Shang Tsung does, but he became Shang Tsung. That's weird, right? He owned that, that goddamn role. The fact that, like, a lot of our criticisms for stuff in the 2000s was that they tried to put, you know, characters in normal clothes and, you know, make them look realistic. But then he comes out with this leather trench coat, which from far away just looks like a normal trench coat. But you look at I it. I mean, it doesn't look like a trench coat anybody would be cutted wearing True. because it's still kind of fantastical. Yeah, like his outfit is dope. And I, but, I, I kind of, in my head, Kenan, he, he has that in his closet. Like that's just his. He probably does. Because I need to do research. Because legend has it, Kerry Tagawa showed up for audition, quote unquote, in costume. But I don't know what in costume means because right. the costume from the games would just be like, okay, robes. Right. Unless there was like some thing in the script that said he's wearing a leather jacket. He apparently showed up in costume, stood up on a metal chair and like raised up his arms to do like that. It has begun and just like rolled his eyes in the back of his head. And they're like, okay, you're Shang Tsung. <laughs> oh my God. So it's like, I want to know if like that was a direction from like the casting directors that his outfit would be kind of like this letter thing. Or if he just happened to have it in his closet and decided to show up as that. Yeah. I don't know. Either way, that was just, he, he embodies Shang Tsung and it's kind of hard to Shang see Tsung. anybody else as Shang Tsung, but I mean, Bruce Locke is pretty good. True. But you you always said, like, this is just an alt. Like, if there's, like, different universes of Shang Tsung, Kerry Tagawa is, like, the universe prime version of it. You know what I mean? He is. Since he's in, what, he's in Legacy Season 2. He's in MK11. He's also in the MKX uh, failed TV pilot. Right. Uh, he's in there, and yeah, he's in MK11. He loves which is. He loves, because, like, yeah, somebody said something, like, you know, hyped about him being added in MK11, and he replied to it, and he's like, yes, celebrate it like a soulful explosion. <laughs> and, like, you know, you know he eats up the fucking role. Yeah, oh, that's so good. And why wouldn't you? It's right. the best role ever. Right. Um, let's see. Uh, we've talked about Josh Lawson a bit. Jessica McNamee, she's an Australian actress, and... Uh, and from what I've, I mean, from the trailer, like, she looks like she can be a really cool Sonya Blade. I feel. Oh, like. I love her, Sonya Blade. Yeah, like, I, like so far from what I've seen, she looks. Yeah, I, I think she fits the role really well. And I like that that she, it seems like she's got her whole paranoid conspiracy theorist hideout. Yeah. <laughs> with her researching. Yeah. Uh, like, do you know like the the Sonny in Philadelphia meme, <laughs> of uh, what's his face Charlie Day. Going over like all the stuff <laughs> yeah, plaster on the wall. Yeah, That's yeah. her. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, she's like it's Mortal Kombat. Hopefully, yeah, and hopefully, like like when we actually see her fight, like actual like a real fight in the movie, it's not like a 
you know, like Bridget Wilson, who has, you know, a very, very bad form whenever she fights. Well, we see her so fighting already, he's... like, tripping Kano down over, like, a little, like, uh... I mean, there's also there's also shots of her fighting Melina. Yeah, because that's yeah. her big fight. She fights Melina. Yeah, but it's like most of that stuff is super quick, so I will admit I'm a little skeptical of that, but I do feel like already looking at it that it already looks better than watching Bridget Wilson fight. Not that I dislike Bridget Wilson, but she's many things, but a fighter. I like Bridget Wilson. I like her act- yeah, acting in the movie, but she's not yeah, a fighter. Yeah. Um, let's see. Okay, so the, the actor who plays Raiden is called is named uh, Tadan- Tadanobu Asano. Again, I'm probably butchering his name. Uh, he looks he's he's got a long list of movies in Japan, and he's also done a bunch of movies in the U.S. Uh, he was in the Thor movies. He plays Hogan, or Hogan, in the Thor movies. Like he's been in a lot of stuff. Like so, I'm I'm looking forward to it. And, and honestly, like like we say, the '95 movie just is so prevalent in our minds that those actors are those characters but i'm so happy that they're actually having like an asian actor as uh raiden finally i'm interested to see how he's going to be because from what i understand the raiden in this movie is going to be characterized perhaps a little differently than like what we're normal normally uh see in the games and like the past movies and uh don't really know what to think of him from seeing in the trailer because he doesn't get any lines uh, unless that line in the trailer, uh, the the fate of the earth is now in our hands. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that line? Kind of, but I don't know who says. I that. can't. I can't tell if it's Liu Kang saying it or if it's Raiden. But yeah. either way, like physically, he doesn't look as dominating or like you know uh, intimidating as I would expect Raiden to be. But. Right. I have no idea what to expect. It's like it's like it's great that Raiden is finally being portrayed by an Asian actor because Raiden is a Japanese. It'll be word. it'll be the first time that I've actually seen him with his name like clearly in my head in the movie because uh, the the chances of me seeing him in a whole bunch of different movies is probably incredibly high. It's just it just never clicked in my brain. But I'm looking forward to it. But from the trailers, it looks like he does play a part. But I imagine him, and this is just speculation, that he'll probably play like a narrator of some type. And he'll show up. And it'll be like an only sort of like key scenes just to kind of tell the characters what to do. But not really be more than that. I don't expect this character to have a huge role in the film. I want my Raiden to, to be up. fatherly and uh, feel like a mentor and someone I can trust. Well, here's the, here's, here's I'm, the thing. I'm doubting that, Josh. Here's the thing. <laughs> uh, there's not many shots of him in the trailers. Like, In the TV I, spots, they've at least a few more of him like right. shooting lightning and stuff. But the thing, most of his shots are him either shooting lightning or hitting the ground and lightning. Like, There's always lightning involved, which, I mean, it's Raiden, so of course. <laughs> it's but right. yeah. the, there's one shot in the first trailer where he's squaring off with someone in like a dark uh, hallway. Right, that's very strange. I think it's him... Sh- Wearing up of Shang Tsung, I can't tell. It's they're in shadow, so it's kind of hard to tell. Like you can but see, but there's icicles in it, so I, it might be Sub Zero. I don't know. Like outside, the outside looks like it's storming, so I don't. Yeah, again, I have no clue. Yeah, part of the reason why I sort of think that I, I don't expect him, like I actually do not expect Raiden to fight in this new movie. No, of like, like not. much like the '95 movie, I don't think he's actually he's going to fight. Raiden. I think he's just, yeah, I think he's just going to set set everything up and move 
the characters around and kind of like you know give us like a or give the audience like a leeway on what to kind of expect to get things going but i don't actually expect them to do more than that other than just be a casual observer with like a couple of maybe one or two funny lines at most and really like i'm okay with that i'm totally fine with that if, if that's all it is i don't know if he's is. gonna get funny lines i think they're gonna treat raiden a little more seriously this time um which i i'm i'm cool with i'm cool yeah, with like i'm, I'm cool used cool to raiden too. being a wisecracking white dude um same which is <laughs> yeah <laughs> but like that was never the intention that was christopher lambert's invention so it's like uh i'm interested because from what i know this raiden's gonna be a, a little more taking a backseat a little more reserved not christopher lambert not even the raiden from the mk11 uh the 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 blunder god as they call him as long as he's not like the raiden from conquest <laughs> Oh, we yeah. liked the Raiden uh, from Conquest. I thought yeah, we but he that, was though. like that was like taking the Lambert Raiden to like eleventh power kind of thing. He like, was so cool. He yeah, was just so like yeah. he came in to like uh, give us some little one liner like, and with women and stuff. And just, like, oh yeah, yeah he was like, he like, was a little bit of a womanizer. But remember that was at, that was at one part two where he got really pissed and like he he threw down Kung Lao because like he ignored I mean, his duties. Who wouldn't do that to Kung Lao? I mean, I don't know. And he also played Shao Kahn in the same show. Which, I don't know. that blew my mind. I, I Yeah, that blew yeah, my mind, too. That, but I remember yeah. you and me. I'm surprised you're criticizing him now. Because I remember you no, and no, me no, I'm saying liking him. I liked it. With, I mean, the show, if you take it into the context of the show, he's great. But I don't want that <laughs> that extreme version of Raiden in this movie. Mm. Now, I'm, I'm interested to see what this Raiden's going to be. Yeah, and that show where everybody's goofy and kind of just like, it's just a cheesy 90s show of it. It's just, it worked. And it was fun in the show. I'm not criticizing, I don't know how to say it. I'm not criticizing that version of it. I'm just criticizing that version in this movie. That era. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I see what you're saying. Let's see. Who, I think we've... Well, okay, so there's there's some characters that, you know, have been shown here and there, like snippets of it, like We've seen Rinko, clips Cabal, of Natara. Yeah. yeah, and then of course, like Melina. we've seen Goro in the trailers. Melina is definitely in it somewhere. Um, probably not the biggest part, but she's in it. And then, of course, like we have, like I don't think we've talked about like uh, like we've talked about the actor, but we haven't talked about the actual character of Cole. Yeah. Um, in the film and how just sort of like at least to me, I'm interested to see how they do it, but I do think that the film is. Definitely sort of like taking a, a risk in a good way, mind you, of trying to have us care and introduce us to a totally new character that's never been in any game. And we're supposed to follow like basically this character and sort of see everything through his eyes in his sort of like him just being like the sort of like everyday average Joe who just gets wrapped up in this Mortal Kombat tournament. I think it's kind of like it's it's kind of a cliche thing that's been done a lot of times before. And so I'm kind of interested to see how they tried to go this route with it. But at the same time, okay. I mean, it's something new and something different that I think is unique to this movie. I mean, okay. So I'm kind of interested to see how they I'm do okay that. with it because it's kind of like a, a foil to, to introduce us into the world of Mortal Kombat through the eyes of just a normal dude. Yeah. Um, but we all know yeah. it's also kind of nobody nobody is uh, disillusioned now. He, he, he's fucking, he's related to Scorpion. Yeah, I don't think there's any real. Uh, I've, I've about seen that the theories that oh, he's Johnny. He's going to be the new Johnny Cage. You're going to do the Dark Knight thing. It's like oh, what's your name? Uh, 
Jarlton, Kate. Uh, you should change it. Jarlton? The thing is, Jarlton, like, based is that off a name? of the trailers, we see him looking into a mirror, and then all of a sudden, uh, Scorpion's face flashes in front of him. And then we see him like preparing for a fight, and he's like wrapping tape around it. It's like yellow tape. It's yellow tape. So it's like because I've heard I've heard some people saying like Cole Young, Cole Young, Kwai Kwai Lang. That's just that's like you're no. reaching, dude. Yeah, no. it's reaching. So I mean, the the popular rumor is that he is somehow related to Scorpion. Um, I mean, we'll see what happens when the movie comes out. But yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm interested to see because it kind of feels like a not conquest TV show, but the conquest modes in. The Mortal Kombat games where you're playing just this, like this avatar, the type random character. character. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, interesting. It, it could. I mean, it'll be interesting to see. It's a very tricky th- line to, to 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 walk. So depending on how they, you know, do this, it can be really well done, or it can be really bad depending on how they go. Because everybody looks at when they see Mortal Kombat. They think of Scorpion, they think of Sub-Zero, they think of Liu Kang. Well, like, they're all in there, so... They're all... The, I'm just saying, like, those are the main people in the movie, in the shows, in the movie, in the games. Like, like Liu Kang was made... was created to be the main character of Mortal Kombat. So, having someone else take that role in the movie that's named Mortal Kombat is a very risky move. Well, I mean, yeah, it's exactly it what Paul Anderson did with Resident Evil, with putting and, Alice in there. But look at how people think of that movie franchise. I mean, the fact well, that it's like... People have fucking of... hated Alice, and like, why the fuck is she taking screen time from Leon and Chris right. and Jill? But it just goes to show they made six goddamn Resident Evil movies, and they're like the highest grossing video game movies ever. But he, he I mean, it was also made for like really low budget, right? I don't know. I think the budget probably increased as the series went on, but you know, especially when they did it in 3D. And I think part of the, oh, the box 3D. office success was uh, thanks to Japan, because mm. apparently Japan loved those movies. Right, right. But uh, I don't know if the formula of having insert character here worked like, or not. But but like Resident Evil fans, like people who are fans of the games, don't like that, right? Well, I hated the first movie because I'm like. Where's where's my Barry? Leon, Jill, Chris. Um but the idea was they wanted to introduce characters that you didn't know if they were gonna to die or not. Mm. Where I don't think that's the case in, in Mortal Kombat twenty twenty one. I think they just wanna have and I kinda like this, uh introductory character to basically take you a tour through the crazy world of Mortal Kombat. <laughs> My one big thing is that I'm really, I'm really wondering this, and I, I, I kind of hope, like this is my like secret hope for this movie. I want to see a friendship. I really uh, want to see just one. I, I want to see one friendship. See friendship. That's the one. Thing. I don't think I'm gonna, yeah. I don't think I'm gonna see a friendship, but I really want one. <laughs> I mean, the only friendship, well, yeah, no, John Cage killing Scorpion. But that's, that wasn't a friendship, was it? Oh yeah, it was. I mean, it was a fatality. Oh, but yeah. it was also a friendship. It was both. It was, was, it both. A, was it technically a friendship, or was it technically a fatality in the game? It was technically a fatality, okay. with a reference to a friendship. Right, yeah. I, yeah, I, I can... The only friendship I can ever see being done in a movie in a serious... Well, not serious way, but like... In a way that makes sense is Johnny Cage. <laughs> so I don't see anybody giving anybody a birthday cake, or like... <laughs> dancing, or whatever. I don't see that in this movie. 
I see a bunch Why of fatalities, not? and in that trailer, we just see like a like like a mont a quick montage of like eight fatalities or something like that. It's ridiculous. We like, could see it in a movie. Like, uh, what was it? a friend of ours said? Like, he would love to see a Mortal Kombat movie done in the same vein as the story of Ricky. <laughs> oh god where the violence oh, is just god. so oh, cartoony and over be... the top that's too much latex for me man. <laughs> i don't know man that shot of uh kano punching his fist into i think it's reptile yeah, that, yeah it's that definitely gives off that vibe of like that's true which uh that makes me wonder like i remember jay you were responding to the trailer and being glad that it looked like reptile was uh i remember you saying looked like a guy in a suit yeah, but it was so fast. I'm not sure. Is it going to be CG or a guy in a suit? Because I would love it if it's a fucking it, guy it, in a reptile suit, like an old school tar- Star Trek, just fighting. I am Kano. like I, I am like eighty percent sure. Like that's how sure I am just from that one shot that that really is a guy in a suit. But kind of like Josh, how you told me before, it wouldn't surprise me one bit if that is the only shot of reptile in the entire freaking movie, and then Kano kills him fairly, fairly quickly, and then he just dies. We never see well, him again. There's like another shot of him when uh, the, it shows an overhead shot of Sonya and Cole going over their conspiracy theorist bullshit, and uh, that's the shot in the trailer where Shang Tsung is doing his monologue, and you see reptile materializing like in the Predator style above yeah, them, yeah. and that's yeah. obviously CG. But it's like it's hard to tell in that shot of Kano punching his heart out, whether it's a dude in a suit or CG. Which may be a good thing. I really hope yeah, it's a dude yeah, in a suit. I so, but I just, so bulky. I just appreciate yeah, I just appreciate that that they even sort of like did it because man, like it like obviously that is confirmed to be reptile as far as I know, and if that's the case, reptile has certainly come a very long way from that really terribly dated 95 <laughs> creation. Oh, I love the 95 so. creation. I mean, reptile has been an evolution in the games to where he's, he's a ninja. And when he pulls off his mask, he happens to be a reptile to where he's no, he's, he's a dinosaur. Uh, <laughs> I kind of prefer him as a human ninja that happens to be reptilian, like yeah. in the 95 movie. Um, I, yeah. There's other shots of the movie that just in the trailer that just very confusing. Like, not confusing, but I just I don't know what they are. Like, there's a shot of someone, a, a ninja coming out of a portal with a bunch of smoke around it. And I'm like, people say, like, that's Sub Zero. Some people say that's Noob Saibot. Some people say that's smoke. Because it's like, it's not clear who it is. A lot of people have been commenting on that. Yeah. And it's, it's uh, obviously, it's Sub Zero. It's Sub Zero coming out of the Outworld. Temple, uh, Outworld portal because yeah. you see in one of the TV spots, Shang Tsung is coming out of the same type of portal. I guess that's just how the portals look like in this movie. Okay. There's smoke. Gotcha, um, gotcha. Because people have been theorizing that is, is Sub-Zero going to turn into Noob Saibot in this movie? Mm. Because he gets killed and that's his story as he turns into Noob Saibot or is smoke there? But yeah. It, it, that 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 to me, Josh, actually would be a good setup because I'm actually wondering, like, what are some of the surprises that this movie will give us that are obviously not in the trailer because usually going to be something. And I do feel like a good argument can be made that you know, for like a sequel, they're going to set up like the cybernetic ninjas, so we won't see like Ermac or Cyrax or Sector um, or Noob Cybot or anything like that in this movie. But they'll probably drop a lot of hints throughout the movie that that is like what they're setting up for the sequel. Hmm. And that, you know, obviously if one happens. So I, I think there's a good argument to be made for that. Interesting. I don't know. I think that might be people like thinking a little too far ahead. I think it's just Sub-Zero. And yeah. he's coming out of an outward world. Yeah. That's, the, that's and, the logical answer. That's just Sub-Zero. And, 
apparently the director is very privy to Mortal Kombat mythology, and he knows the whole backstory of Noob Saibot and all that. And okay. if he wanted to throw in a little bone and like have a post-credit sequence where Sub Zero gets resurrected as like the Shadow Wraith, whatever, mm. he might do that. Corre- correction, Josh. Instead of a bone, don't you mean a boon? <laughs> <laughs> yes, Jay. I stand corrected. <laughs> yes, you throw mean a boon. boon. That's what you mean. Get over here. <laughs> Which that's another thing. I've seen so many criticisms about the get oh, over yes. here. And that that was part of my meh reaction of the first trailer. Yeah, you were one of them. Which now we're yeah. getting to uh, like how actually hyped are we for the new movie, yeah. how we felt about the new trailer. So like people talk like cuz in this trailer, you know, obviously Scorpion says get over here, but it's Hiroyuki Sanada saying get over here. And I know, you know, Ed Boon Part of it is Ed the Boone's accent. Like, but it makes sense. It makes sense because I mean, even Legacy had Scorpion saying "actually get over here" in Japanese, oh, which okay. is pretty cool. Yeah, but the scene was so frantic and it was kind of mumbled that you don't actually get much of it. Right. But uh, like I understand he's saying it and he's got a little bit of accent, but I think the big criticism with it is he didn't he didn't say it from the chest. Like when Ed Boone says it, he said, "Get over here!" Like I get that. I get it. But Sonata sounds very uh, just moderately angry. He doesn't sound no. He sounds fully enraged. To me, it sounds like the seething type of enrage, where it's like so. Like you're seething so angry. is a good word. He does sound seething. That's what I want. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that works for me. I think seething is the way to go because, like, the way he says it, it varies. Like, it sounds more realistic if you're like basically if you're a japanese warrior and someone has like defiled your honor and ruined your family i can see someone saying like get over here basically just like 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 not like not with rage but just all that contempt and all that rage it's just hidden against against a very calm demeanor well i mean that seems very japanese as you make scorpion a more nuanced character it's hard to have him constantly talking like ed boon (laughs) What is the thing? It's, it's uh, not. Yeah. It's not more. It's not really a Japanese thing. It's just more like a character thing. Like that's just. I think that's how he's going to portray the character, and it's not going to fit if all of a sudden he's been talking and like you know in this movie for however long it is before that scene happens, and then well, once he does the scene, you hear Ed Boon saying "Get over here!" <laughs> like it's not going to make any sense. Like in MK10, uh, where like all of a sudden Ed Boon says "Get over here" anytime, like when he kills Quan Chi. Right. It. It. I, I get that. You know, there's a legacy. Hot legacy. There's a legacy with you know no Ed Boon. Ed Boon always ha- being the voice of Scorpion when he says that. I will say, like, him being the voice of Scorpion in the 95 movie, not just the taunts, but the grunts. Yeah. And just, like, made me love Scorpion in that movie. I get it. And I, I love I love him in that movie, too. But, but eventually me, he needs to have more characters. Yeah, it needs to be something that fits with the story and with the mood of it. And having Hiroyuki Sonata say it, like, just works for me like it makes yeah. sense like it's his verse, uh, it's his interpretation of get over here and that makes over sense. time i i have it's grown on me yeah. and i think like in the tv spots they actually punched it up a little bit i think mm, okay it's like oh shit hold on Oops. is your recording still going yeah okay cool yeah mine is too cool but uh i don't know where i'm going with this we're but... also well, well, well also we're at an hour and 28 minutes so far 
No, this yeah. is going to be an epic, epic episode. We have a lot to talk about. <laughs> oh yeah, we've talked about the lead up to this, and we haven't even talked about uh, what Mortal Kombat Devastation became after they thought it was going to be a reboot. Because eventually, uh, I mentioned that uh, Robin Shu interviewed somebody and said that, oh, now it's going to be a prequel and it's going to be starring Sub Zero, and they're not calling back any of the actors and okay so that's a thing uh and then rebirth happened and and just leading up to this there's a lot of stuff we left out but and i haven't felt we like got to our full true feelings about what we really uh feel about the new right. movie well let's get let's get into our feelings though let's, yeah let's man. get into a therapy feeling. session yeah, of Mortal yeah. Kombat. Let's go therapy ahead. session <laughs> i know right i know like because like you're like there's a lot of beef there's a lot of beef joy sadness and most like, deception of, most of me is joy uh because if uh people that listen to this podcast don't know i'm probably more of a godzilla fan than i am a Mortal Kombat fan right but i am more excited about this than godzilla versus kong oh yeah I mean, I'm not as big of a fan as you are, obviously, but this is just, this is one of those movies this year where I'm just like, this is it. Like, this is it. This I is the thing. It. I and want it to. I, I think, I think I'm a, I think I'm a little bit on the opposite side of that. Um, I like currently as we are recording this, I am wearing a Godzilla versus Kong shirt. So <laughs> you see where my loyalties lie, but at the same time, uh, I'm sort of like slightly more excited for Godzilla versus Kong than more really? combat, but mostly just, yeah, I am just mostly just because like from, you know, like some of the things that Yassine has told me in the past about what this new Mortal Kombat is going to be like, it has all these like check marks on it that to me signifies something not good. And I'm trying to give it the benefit of the doubt, like new director, never directed anything before this right, that's a warning a character sign. that no, yeah, yeah, yeah. That no one that no one knows, that no one really has any reason to care about. And it's a risk. I, I applaud it, but it's still a risk to do. And then just the fact that there, like, other than maybe, like, one or two people, just from the first impression of the trailer, I do not know anybody that's going to be in this movie. And, like, Well, that's all not a warning sign. Bad. Star Wars like, like, didn't have any knowable characters. Uh, yeah, but, I mean, like, none of this, per se, like, just screams bad. It just doesn't scream, like like excited it screams i don't know what should. to expect and that's actually yeah a little bit that actually works for me because like i want to i want to go into this movie hopeful you know what i mean mm-hmm. and yeah i just i want another good mortal kombat movie right and yeah i think we all do. reminder cabal is in this movie natara mm-hmm. character mm-hmm. nobody gives a fuck about i don't natara know who natara is, is i'll be honest with you she was like in deadly alliance or dev or or, or Oh, the dark edges. Yeah, she's she's a she's a vampire woman that has wings. What? And I guess oh no, yeah, there's a vampire realm. <laughs> yeah, and I okay. guess yeah, they yeah, just yeah, decided that they realm. needed a, a distinguished character, so they threw her in and Cabal and Reiko. I don't know. Hmm. It's uh yeah. Like, like it definitely. A lot of things, though, do have me excited. Which, of course, like one of the reasons why people love Mortal Kombat is the fights, and the fights look good. Like, I'm they hyped do. for the fights. I, I am. Like, I, I don't feel like anybody's going to walk away dissatisfied from an action standpoint. I, well, and actually, I don't the know cast... how to properly judge it because they they've quick cut it so out. much. Yeah, that's the thing. That's that's the that's the thing I'm worried about. Is that it looks good in trailer form, but I'm wondering how right. it looks in the movie because. I mean, I don't want to go too much into this, but there's been kind of a renaissance of action in movies and TV shows lately. Like, we've had this, like, 
uh, period in the, the, the 2000s and the early 2000, early 2010s where action was just cut up like crazy. Like, you know, the Taken movies, the Born mm-hmm. Identity movies. Born like, Identity, yeah. It's a way to hide the fact that actors can't fight. So it's been the, like since like, you know, The Raid and John Wick, like those kind of movies, they've, they've been kind of pushing this thing in the industry where action is being thought about more critically and taken more seriously and being able to be shot in a better way. So I'm hoping that translates to Mortal Kombat. And I, this is the one thing I'm worried about because, you know, no offense to the director, he's a first-time director. Mm, yeah. I'm hoping that he listens to the coordinators and follows what they envisioned. Like, hopefully they did, they did like, previews and stuff to show how they want the movie to be shot, and hopefully he kind of does that. Because, I mean, by the time it gets to the editing, you know, when it gets to editing, anything can happen. You can make or break the movie. So Yeah. Editing has a, a lot to so do much with to how it, like, good a movie is going to be. Yeah, I forget who it was. It Elliot who said like there's basically three versions of the movie: the one, the movie that you shot, the movie, no, the movie that you wrote, the movie that you shot, and the movie that you edit, kind of thing. Interesting. I remember a quote from J.D. Schlesinger, who uh, pioneered the Americanization of Godzilla 2000, who basically said, uh, "A movie, you can take a movie and shake it, and nine minutes will fall out." Ah. And basically, you know, if you make it more tighter more like you know well-paced movie right out of like all the bullshit that you shoot yeah so yeah i'm 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 hopeful i'm i I want it to be well done because i mean mortal kombat is a i mean it's about the lore but it's also hugely about the fights and (laughs) if the fights aren't done well that's a huge pillar to be knocked out from this thing you know what i mean and and that's what i can't tell from the trailers i can't tell the fights are good or not because the trailer's so quick like i'm really looking forward to what appears to be Liu kang versus cabal right it's actually like one of the height when the most hype moments of the trailer is like transitioning from like you know something happened at sub-zero throwing his ice and like the city streets to Liu kang like trading blows of cabal and the mortal kombat theme starts to kick in yeah. Uh, but it's like, I really can't judge, like, the actual choreography on it because the cuts are I mean, the only, the only one that actually looks clear enough to see is the Sub-Zero and Scorpion one and the right. Scorpion one when he's Hanzo. Uh, right, in the, yeah. the intro scene. Yeah, like, those are the only ones that kind of, like, you can kind of feel it. And the Hanzo one looks really cool. The What? One thing I'm actually kind of hyped for that uh, that definitely like kind of went under the radar, but I kind of like at the same time I kind of loved it is one that shot where uh, Liu Kang and Kung Lao are standing next to each other about to face something, right. and I love that because that's Liu Kang and Kung Lao being bros, which I oh, love that. Yeah. I love their chemistry and their dynamic. Yeah. I, I like even if like like even if Kung Lao may or may not fight as well and may not get as enough dialogue, if we just get a little of that bro chemistry that those two have i think that'll really <laughs> help them I mean, that is something like, you know like a lot yeah, that's something that's been you know established throughout things like how close they are even if they are sometimes rivals in the in the, the, the games i guess like friendly rivals or whatever what just, luke kang come out well i mean like um i i'm replaying mortal kombat 9 and i know kung lao is kind of like jealous or upset that you know oh Luke right Kang... that was that's a fucking retcon and bullshit for the new games but yeah but i'm saying like that's that's one of the 
versions of their relationship. So Supposedly, I just want... from what I understand, Liu Kang and Kung Lao in this new movie are kind of street urchins. That oh. are Yeah, they're kind of uh, just like kind of like making their own way and somebody, maybe Raiden or somebody else, takes them in and raises them and trains them. Yeah. Where'd you get the hat? I don't know. <laughs> I, I got no clue about that Josh that tells me they're like Ryu and Ken of this movie uh, they're basically okay Ryu that, and Ken only much better much much better <laughs> yeah again don't make it like the Ryu and Ken from the Street Fighter movie Jesus Christ no yeah 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 God, this sucks. God no we're don't supposed do that. to be the good guys <laughs> you got paid on the same side <laughs> um oh uh, what else what I mean, there's just so there's a lot that I'm just yeah we we we've coursed over a lot. Um, yeah, basically my main takeaway from the trailer was initially meh, but it was only because that I was starting to see things that were rumored that we're now into realizing to be true, and part of it was like seeing CG Goro, and part of it was seeing uh, the the get over here that I didn't fully like. Not because of the accent, because he didn't do it from the chest. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, the more I watched it, the more I'm like, this trailer is excellent. And I can't wait for the it's movie. It's one of the best trailers I've seen in a long time. It's weird. The fact that I'm like a Godzilla fan, and I'm more hyped for Mortal Kombat than Godzilla vs. Kong. I'll say, like, I watched it. The first time I watched it, I watched it. Shout out to uh, Mortal Podcast and Mortal podcast i watched it with them oh um, you did you did yeah i watched i watched it on discord with them like we all kind of just got together when it dropped no shit and we watched okay. it together and i remember all we we're all kind of nervous for it but then we watched it and, and then like there was like those people you know some people who didn't who were like okay with it there's a lot of us who were just like we we're hyped we we're like oh this looks better than we thought it'd be and we kind of just went through like frame by frame trying to see what we could find break it down or whatever and it's like yeah, there's a lot of stuff like this. There's, there's a shot where uh, Raiden, like, I'm guessing he's like opening a portal with you know some of the cast behind him, and you see like a shot of uh, Kitana's fans in like right sort of, like, on a pedestal, that out. like on a pedestal or something like that. So there's gonna be a lot of stuff in there. I'm re- man, yeah, I'm, I'm super hyped for it. I think one of my like very niche, like sort of nerdy things that I really want to be in the movie, I highly doubt it, but this would just me this would like make me beyond happy is if like when like when Goro talks is Frank Welker's voice. And if it is, I it, dude, if it is, I will be so happy. I'll be all giddy, I'll be like, It's just like the old movie. Uh. I think it's gonna roar. That's about I it. I mean yeah, yeah, he's probably gonna roar. But if it's Frank Welker's, if it's Frank Welker's roar, I will know. Well, it. you know, he, he so did happy. lend his voice for MKX, like he is Goro in MK10. Huh. Yep. Yeah. 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 He is. Yeah, you're right about that. So I'm hoping that they'll stay consistent. And if they do, I'll be like, oh God, Frank Welker, you have my heart, sir. Thank I don't. You so I don't know if you can expect that. I think Goro's gonna be a dumb brute in this movie. And yeah, not I, I'm sure he will be, and that. I'm sure he will be, and that's kind of sad because Goro, Goro actually has some interesting lore to him as well that we'll get into much later in later episodes. But yeah, yeah. yeah. Is there anything anything else that we want to mention about it before we? Boy, it feels like there's so much that we haven't been able to uh, address, but I feel that we covered everything. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, mainly, like, like I am concerned about the new movie, like 
two leading up to us learning about it and knowing that the director had never directed anything before, I've been concerned about it. And I've been concerned about it up until we've seen the trailer. And the trailer psyched me. Yeah. But there's parts about the trailer that do concern me. And I really don't know what to expect. And I think that the big part of the discussion is whether it's going to be able to top the original movie. And let's just be honest. That movie, like I said, was lightning in a bottle. As much as... Like, I just the Mortal Kombat 95 is one of my favorite movies of all time. So there's a, there's a slim chance, in my eyes, it'll be better than it. But I still want it to be a really good movie. I think it's going to be a really good movie. I it's not going to be Mortal Kombat 95. And I think part yeah, of that, like, just like uh, Kavanaugh, or whatever the fuck his name is, suing Midway, saying that you know we are responsible for this franchise being as popular as it is. Mm-hmm. I think... A lot of it has to do with him and less with the director, uh, Paul Anderson. But, okay. yeah. And you're never going to make a movie as iconic as that. But at least yeah, you can like make a, a good movie. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be as good as the 95 movie. I've kind of like kept my expectation bar kind of below it being better than the 95 movie. But if it's just like a nice, solid, brutal action movie with at least like, you know, a solid take on the characters and then a possibly a decent setup for like a sequel that may or may not happen that's all i'm at that's all i'm wanting for it and i think for the most part i I think i think it's positioned to at least give me that like uh i'm I'm pretty i'm pretty confident it will if it makes me hype for the characters and it makes me like believe the story and if it makes me energized then i'm good yeah Yeah. even though like uh even though i'm almost 100 certain that my favorite character, Johnny Cage, is not going to be in this movie, mm-hmm. which I have my own like gripes with. But I, th- that's why I really want to like it because I want a sequel so I can get Johnny. Well, in supposedly they but, are <laughs> saving him for the sequel. We'll see. Yeah, and it, yeah, and I want, I want, I want to see him. I want to see who plays him because man, those are some big shoes to fill. Boy, I who mean, would like, play Johnny Cage? The MKX no uh, fucking TV show had the guy from Starship Troopers playing him as an older Johnny I Cage. Just, I just hope that whoever does, I want there to be like a scene like where Johnny Cage is training under his mentor, even if ever so briefly, and then we get a Lyndon Ashby cameo. If we got that, I would, I would be... love a Lyndon Ashby cameo. I was going to say, like, in the 2017 Power Rangers movie, we got a cameo from the actors who played Tommy and Kimberly. Right. Do you think there would be a, even a fraction of a percentage of a chance that we'd get a cameo from any member of Mortal Kombat from the movie, the first that movie. would be amazing. I would love that. Like yeah, Robin it would be and amazing. Ashby like and Bridget Wilson, because like Robin Shu and Lyndon Ashby, they still do like panels and stuff about the movie, right? And they still seem to like really have fond memories and enjoy their time on that first movie. I'm just like, what if, man? What if? Hmm. Yeah, I I think we could rule out Bridget Wilson doing that. She moved on. Well, she kind of quit combat. acting. She's yeah, yeah, altogether. Like if she, that to me that's, would be a real. That's surprise. why uh, the the Mortal Kombat Devastation, the like the cast was supposed to be uh, Christopher Lambert, Robin Shu, Lynn Ashby, but not Bridget Wilson, but instead Sandra Hess. Right. And and the dude that played Jax in Annihilation, even though they were retconning that movie. Uh, which would have been pretty weird, but I guess, like, I think Bridget Wilson did kind of quit acting in the 90s. Yeah, she did. 
So, um, but well, but that's the thing. I think like if we're gonna get any cameos from the old movie of anybody, uh, it probably would be either it would probably be either Kerry Tagawa, uh, Robin Shu, or Lyndon Ashby. I think those are the only three yeah. you can really kind of hope for. Oh man, I mean we already Which got would be great. Christopher Lambert, Lyndon Ashby, Bridget Wilson in the game. I'm still still waiting on uh, Robin Shu. That's got to be like a. They're probably gonna hype that. If they ever did, that. I I don't know why he isn't yet. I don't know if it was because he doesn't want to do it, or if it because of some rights issues, or because they're saving it. I don't I know. I think I think I'm the way I see it. Like I feel like he wants to do it. I, I would. Think, feel I don't like think he, he I don't, wants to I do it. I can't see why he would say no. Yeah, because he loves the fact that he played Luke Kang. Yeah. Oh man, if I could play as Robin Shu in uh, MK11, come on. That's I am yeah. the I am Luke Kang. The descendant of Kung Lao. I challenge you to Mortal Kombat. Do you accept, do you accept or, yield? or yield? And then here's Johnny Cage saying, like, you know, some bullcrap line about, like, comedy or whatever. Nice and then dress. they just start fighting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's dance. And then, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's dance. I still haven't bought the, uh, the, the DLC for them. I think I did. I think I got the ultimate version. So I think that well, I have to fun. wait because, like, I'm not a Johnny player. I'm not a Sonya player. I might be a Raiden player because going through MK11, I'm like, okay, I think I could kind of get into Raiden. And I'd love to have, like, Christopher Lambert be my guide. Here's the thing that I guess we'll talk about maybe in the, in a future episode. I wonder if they would do anything for, in like, in, like in anticipated for the movie in MK11. Mm. So we haven't heard well, anything. I mean, there's already been talk about, is Cole Young going to be a skin? Like a, uh, like a guest character. Like who would it be a skin of? Uh, or not a skin, but like an entirely new character. Why yeah, not? I was saying, like, ooh, that would be interesting. Yeah. Depends on what he'd like, what would his powers be? Well, we gotta wait and see in the new movie because yeah. it's it's really hard to yeah. tell. Yeah. Yeah, he may, he may fight completely different than Scorpion or he may just be, you know, disappointingly a carbon copy of Scorpion, which I hope not. Well, I don't think he is <laughs> because he's... Weird armor he's wearing and the the blade arms makes me think he's gonna be his own thing. I mean, the way that they he he looks at it, it makes it look like he's borrowing old armor from something instead of it being his armor. Mm. I mean, what would be the reason for him to have armor? Because he's 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 a, he's an MMA fighter from the in the normal world. There's no reason for him to have that armor. True. Maybe maybe what will happen to him is that he'll get like you know get hit like with some toxic sludge and then he'll turn into Baraka. That would be my <laughs> that would be my hype. <laughs> oh my god! Why not? Why not? <laughs> if that if that happened, all hope is lost. But I will love every minute of it at the same time. <laughs> or he gets well. Baraka's kind of a good guy now in MK11 lore, anyway. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Or he gets like turned into a robot and he becomes like Cyrax or Sector. Oh my god! <laughs> who knows? Who knows? Yeah, who knows? Um, so yeah, I'm I'm really excited for it. Our next episode is going to be a review of Mortal Kombat 2021. Yeah, uh, I feel gonna... like we really haven't gotten into like like how we felt when we first watched the trailer. Um, <laughs> I think we did. <laughs> All right, I think we did. Yeah, I, I thought we did. We but did. look, okay, what do you want to say? Go for it. I, I just want to say I was disappointed the first watching of it. Yeah, I mean, you said that like three times. But yeah, then, yeah, yeah I said it three times. Like but then, like, I can't help but get uh, on board with like the hype train. Yeah, I mean, cause... I was I was like, skeptical up until that trailer, and once the trailer hit, I'm just like, 
am I allowed to feel hyped about this? I feel like I'm I hyped about this. I don't. It, it it reminds me of again. I am a Power Rangers Sentai fan. So when I saw the, well, I was nervous about the Power Rangers 2017 movie. When you know the first you know images of the suits came out, I was like, oh, right. does it look good? The source didn't look good. But then I saw the trailer and immediately I was like, oh, this 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 could be good. This could be really good. And the I, the hmm? the uh, the word I think both of you are looking for here is cautious optimism. <laughs> Yeah, but I feel I like I'm a so. bit more. I'm a bit less cautious now. I'm just more hyped. <laughs> well, like like Power Rangers yeah. surprised me because it ends up being a really good movie. Because it is a good movie. It is a good movie. I'm so pissed off I, that they're just doing another reboot of it. Um, right. but this one, I have words. <laughs> yeah, I know your 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 You're complaints. Not, we, we ain't doing that now. <laughs> no, we ain't. Do, we 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 are not doing that now. Now we'll be here all day. Yeah, basically, uh. <laughs> I have reservations, but everything that the trailers show me, and I should know better because trailers have uh, teased me, like the uh, the Godzilla King of the Monsters trailer, which made yeah. me choke up. Yeah. And the movie fucking sucks. Sorry <laughs> to any listeners that like that movie. I think it fucking side, sucks. Side note, I'm debating whether I should rewatch that because I watched Kong the other day, or yesterday, and now it's like... Skull Island? Yeah. Like, what did you think of it? What did you think of a rewatch? Oh, I loved it. I know like it's, 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 yeah. it's a great adventure it's, movie. It's, I mean, it's I still good. have the, it's a great adventure I still movie. have problems with you know there's too many characters, but mm, yeah. I still I still really like that movie. So I'm I'm debating if I should rewatch King of the Monsters, even though I hate that movie. But uh, anyway, yeah, I don't like King of the Monsters. Anyway, anyway, Kong Skull yes, looks cool. Uh, but yeah, uh, but yeah I'm, combat. I'm, I am something, something about it. It's it's it looks like it could it has something it, there, dude. There's something it clicks in the it. ticks. There's, something there's a magic. There's a magical element to it. Yeah. There's a there's a there there's a lovely smelling nuance to mm. it that makes you think, oh, there's more to this than meets the and eye. And it's not gonna match the '95 movie. And I don't want to like make that as a litmus test because I think that was lighting in a bottle. And yep. looking back at it, I think it's not so much thanks to the director. Mm. But more thanks to Lawrence Kasanoff, the producer, who basically spearheaded like what Mortal Kombat should feel like. Yeah, I guess. Um, the yeah. one th- one thing that I know for a fact will not even remotely compare to the '95 movie is the soundtrack, because that soundtrack is like above well, yeah. and beyond amazing. That's a nice thing. We'll never have soundtracks oh, yeah. like that again. Yeah. Did... So if anybody's expecting like some hype sounds from Mortal Kombat, I think we can all kind of uh, assume that we're going to be disappointed from that. You I don't think the music is really going to stand out in that movie too much. You sometimes say you're that. wrong and sometimes you're right. You say that. Da, 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 <laughs> turn out the lights. The lights. I'm sick and tired of all of your lies. I'm <laughs> fucking tired and I'm saying goodbye. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Is this going to be your stick where you're just going to sing on the podcast? Yeah, <laughs> just going to sing the whole soundtrack. I will say, I will say, <laughs> you say that, but like I was saying about the Power Rangers movie, out of nowhere, they bring the 95 Power Rangers movie song into the movie. Only because of pressure. Right, but it's still in there. Supposedly the same thing's happening with this movie. Because I, as I showed you in like the Vietnamese trailer, they put... Not the full-fledged song, but at least the theme. That but it's still like a different rendition of it. Right? It's a it's a rendition of it that I remember hearing in the past. 
Really? Okay. And it, yeah, yeah, it's like a remix. It's probably going to show up in the movie somehow. How? I don't know if we're going to actually have somebody screaming, Mortal Kombat! Oh, I really hope so. <laughs> I really hope so. The fact that the, mo- the 95 movie, literally the first thing that you hear is that. It's, yeah, when we, when we made Elliot watch it, and I had to laugh because <laughs> he jumped... When it said Mortal Kombat in the first, like, literally when he started the file. Yeah. But then before we got to the opening of the movie, they said, they screamed Mortal Kombat three times. It's so, it's good. so obnoxious. It's so good. It's uh, so we're not going to get that in this movie. I'm no, just gonna we're say, not. We're not going to get this. But I know they're going to put the theme in. It's going to be in at some point. I just don't know how. I don't know if they're going to do just the, 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 the motif. And do the or if they're actually gonna have a dude screaming Mortal Kombat. You know what it's gonna be? Hmm. They're gonna walk into they're gonna walk into Cole's gym and someone on the radios <laughs> have a radio just just has that music playing. Yeah, that's probably what it's gonna be. <laughs> like like subdued reference. Someone you're just gonna hear it and then as soon as you walk in, you're gonna see I don't know, uh Jax walking into it, and then he opens the door and you hear what I'm really hoping is when Sub-Zero and Scorpion face off like we see in the trailers, that just out of the sun, it's going to break theme, break like mood, and like someone's going to scream Mortal Kombat, and they're just going to start fighting to the song. Oh, my God. I hope so. It won't happen, but I I, I, I want that. We don't really know what I to do, expect. I, I have no idea what to expect. Me neither. That's the, that's the scary but exciting thing. Like, I don't the know trailer is so hype. It feels like modern movie thing, but also feels like it has a little bit of the appeal from the old games. Yeah. It's just like a, a slightly dark and gritty reinterpretation of the games we love so much. Like, I am Sub-Zero. Oh, man. <laughs> it gives me chills, no pun intended. You also get like, MK11 style X-ray moves going right. On. Yeah, I never thought about it, but yeah, when he like does the whole blood freezing thing, yeah, and stabs him and then throws him through an ice wall. I'm like, oh, that's an X-ray. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which may, which may as well be a fatality, but yeah, no, it's an X-ray. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait. And it's coming out in April 16th, so we got like three weeks, two weeks. Yeah, mm-hmm. hard to believe. And of course, we'll probably have just as many, uh, hopefully, excited, you know, comments to say after we record next time and after we'd seen the movie. Oh, hopefully, I know for a fact we'll definitely, yeah, hopefully, hopefully we're not just like, oh god. Well, I mean, if guys, we hated it, we'll sucked. be honest. Um, if we hated yeah, it, it'll be just yeah. as long of a podcast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And if we and if and if we hated it, I promise that I like if all three of us collectively hated it, I promise I'll be drunk during that podcast. Don't, I mean, I'm drunk at every podcast. Oh, god. <laughs> uh, I think I'm going to love it. I think it's not going to be, and there's no point in comparing it to the 95 movie because, like I said, it's lightning in a bottle. Yeah, I want to I want to judge it on its own. Yeah. Yeah, same here. If it, can, if it can just have the same appeal and be an entertaining movie, then I'll be okay. Yeah, I think if, I think if it just stays true to itself and tells its version of the story... And it has fun, like cool character moments. I think I think it'll be fine. I think it, it doesn't have to. For me, anyway, it doesn't have to strictly adhere to the lore of the games. 
Because freaking the 95 movie didn't really do that either. Well, it invented its own shit. Yeah, so I just think as long as it does its own version faithfully and, you know, it's sort of, it has a charm to it, it's honest. Like, I just want it to be legit. That's basically it. Just be a legit movie. Legit. Be a legit movie with cool characters, cool character moments, cool action, and some kind of vision for the future. You know what I mean? I'm pre- I'm pretty confident we'll get that. I hope so. Uh, like I'm very I'm very optimistic for yeah. that. Also, I want to see Robert Shue in it. So. Well, you're not going <laughs> to see that. I want to see him in yeah, the crowd, like I... you know, uh, Cole is fighting in the MMA ring, and then you see Robert Shaw like in the background. Yeah, 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 yeah. If they, if, if we cool. see that, that'll make me happy. Of course, of course, we will be looking for that because we're we're ninety five movie nerds on this dang thing. Like, so if we if if he's in there, we'll see him. Uh, I can't wait till we talk about the ninety five movie. I feel like if anybody in that from that movie is in this movie, they're gonna have a specific shot of them, like clear as day. You're not gonna not see that. I wonder if yeah. like I haven't heard anything. I don't think they are going to. I I'm not going to hold out any hope for it. But I wonder if that they are going to do like in the Power Rangers movie, where fucking uh fucking uh Jason David Frank and uh, Amy Joe Johnson Amy Joe Johnson showed up at the end. Wouldn't that be cool? If, like like Robin Shue and like Lyndon Ashby just showed up like as spectators. That's what I'm saying, dude. I don't think they're going to do that. Like, I haven't heard any rumblings about that. I mean, yeah. The thing is that we heard about that before the movie came out with Power Rangers. So, yeah. But also, like, Jason David Frank never shies away from teasing his project. Right. (laughs) Whereas I think Robin Shue and Lynn Nashby are more more reserved. Yeah, they're they're chill. chill. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah. I think, I mean, have we, have we, talked about a hype you know enough to be satisfied josh or, or do you want us to talk more about it oh i mean like i felt like we more talked about the background <laughs> than we actually did about like a reaction <laughs> i don't trailer. know what you want josh i don't know what you want yeah what i uh, like I, i'm actually pretty good i think i've talked about all my hype i don't we think talked I about have, a lot I don't we're think... literally going yeah. on two hours now yeah i've i've talked about what i thought about this trailer twice <laughs> i have reservations but i'm fucking hype yeah same I, I have reservations too, but I am cautiously optimistic. I am That's all in. I'm go, I, I know I'm putting my heart on my sleeve. I'm going all in. If this movie sucks, I'm going to be devastated. If it's good, <clears throat> no, I'm just going. If if it's it will suck. If it's if it's not good, but boy, I hope it doesn't suck. Like could it, it be an annihilation or could it be better than annihilation? It's going to be better than annihilation. It's definitely going to be better than Annihilation, Josh. I really that that's not a high bar. <laughs> that's really not. I will say, I would rather it be another Annihilation than it to be like Legend of Chun Li or uh, Tekken yeah. or Dead or like all of those movies in the two thousands. The forgotten movies. Forgotten movies. I'd rather it be Annihilation level of infamy than left in obscurity. Well, I don't think it's nearly going to be any type of infamy as like Annihilation. No. I think at the very worst, it's going to be forgettable. But already the trailer yeah. is so... People have been reacting to that. Just seeing, like, Joe, uh, Joe Talsim. Is that his yeah. name? Taslim. Just the, I am so Taslim. Just like that. There's so much iconic feeling in it. I think it's going to be good. I think I think it broke yeah. the record for most, most views of an R-rated trailer on YouTube or something like that. Wow. 
Like it was like it had yeah, like, I know it did it did it did break a record somewhere, but I forget the record. But I remember hearing about that. Too. Yeah, so people are hyped for this, man. Yeah, I can't wait. Yeah, it's, it's a on, small it's side. Gonna... Like this weird seeing my boy Cabal on the on the bad guy side. Hold on, is that your boy? I, I I'm starting to like maybe like experiment in playing him in MK11. Oh, okay. But I've always kind of liked Cabal, but it's just never it weirds me him. out that he's just like Shang Tsung's lackey. I mean. It should have weirded you, weirded you out that Scorpion and Sub-Zero were Shang Tsung's lackeys in the first Oh, it one. always pissed me off, but yeah. I understood that that was just like, you know, they made allowances to make a more streamlined plot. Then they may be the same thing here. Uh, supposedly, yep. in the new TV spots, uh, there's shots with Shang Tsung and Cabal staying in the background, and people have noticed that Cabal is wearing what appears to be an old police uniform. What? Perhaps alluding oh, yeah. to his past, like, you know, as, like, described in MK9, where he, like, uh, left the Black Dragon and became a cop. I don't remember so, that at all. That was an MK9. I didn't like it. But, like, yeah, Cabal became a cop, and he was partners of Striker. But, yeah, yeah, dude, did you not play the story mode of MK9? I'm in the middle of replaying it now, but I haven't played it since 2010. So. Yeah, like, I, I, Cabal's always been a good guy. He's an ex-Black Dragon, and he gets scarred by Shao Kahn's extermination forces. But in, like, MK9, they tried to add a little bit more and show that, like, he joined cops. Like, he joined, like, Striker's Force, and then he gets disfigured by uh, Kentaro. But in yeah, and then, and then MK11, strangely enough, he's characterized as more of a bad guy. Right. Uh, it's a little weird, like it's a little bit of retconning, but I'll let, that's where I would start to be like, maybe I'll play Cabal a little bit. Mm. But uh, in the new movie, he's just Shang Tsung's cat and fodder, apparently. But somebody pointed out that it looks like he's wearing a police uniform because it looks like there's a logo on his chest that says Policia or something like that. All right, we need so, to we need to like once we finish recording, we I'm, we need to look that that. And I need to see that. I'll show you the fucking yeah. screenshot, and I okay. it, it, it's it's hard to to to, to determine. Right. It looks like it says police or policia or something like that, okay. which would reference his backstory in nine. Right. Uh, so maybe it shows that he's not just there, just taking a random character and making him a villain. They're actually referencing his backstory. His backstory. Right. Which, like I said, it'd be great if Kano would be like, Hey, Kapow! What the fuck you doing over there? <laughs> what you doing having tea down there? That would be hilarious. It's like, yeah. I would, oh, man. Yeah. That could be a fun little wrinkle if they did that. Right. Yeah. But I have no idea what to expect. I have, I have no idea what to expect of this movie. I just hope it's good. And it's literally yeah. less than a month away. It's half a month yep. away. Yeah. Well, as as yep. we're recording this, when it comes out, it'll be like a week later. Goddamn. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so, well, yeah, I think I think that's a I think that's a podcast. We did a yep. yeah we 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 cap- yep that's a podcast capitalized on our, our previous episode. This is a full two hour episode. Yeah. Yep. We got a lot to talk. We're gonna about. like yeah, but I mean like uh like obviously uh we're gonna cut some of this out for when I don't uh, know. phone Jack Josh. Do we need out. to? And Some we'll edit it. We'll see. Don't worry about that. Yeah. So, all right. So, um, yeah, next episode, episode three, it's going to be a review of 20, uh, 2021's Mortal Kombat movie. Um, mm-hmm. 
I guess what we could say uh, for those who are listening, uh, we're going to record this like a few days after the movie comes out. So if you've seen the movie, uh, let us know what you thought of the movie. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe we'll yeah. read it on the podcast and, you know, sort of have a discussion from there. So, you know, uh, we're on social media. Uh, just search for, you know, Combat Time Pod or Combat Time Podcast on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, you could also email us at uh, Combat Time Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, let us know what you thought of the movie. Uh, we'll talk about it on the show uh, probably towards the end. But yeah, that's it. Uh, that's it? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's it. You got anything else to say? I don't. I'm good. Finish him. (laughs) (laughs) Finish him. That's a good way to go. All right. uh, Till next time. Bye. Peace. Later. Outstanding. Thanks for listening to the podcast. You can follow us on both Twitter and Instagram at Combat Time Pod. And visit our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Combat Time Podcast. You can also email us at combattimepodcast at gmail.com if you have any questions you'd like us to answer on the show. See you next time. Mortal Kombat continues. Get over here!